already know what it is. It's your girl, Christina Sev. And Bans is looking at me because I stole his intro, but it's okay. And yeah, I'm hey. here. <laughs> Regina is sitting in again. How hey, lucky are we? I'm back. I'm back. We are blessed. And we have a guest with us today, Ashley Reyes, who is a journalist. Stick around for that interview. So, um... I just want to give a shout out real quick to Carlos Den and Party with Rami for including me in Pisalito this past weekend. I was able to host that. I got a lot of great feedback, so I'm very proud of myself. Yes, I'm proud of them. It was a very well put together event. Um, it was at this pizza place called Federal Hill Pizza, which I've never been to. It's closing. And it's really dope. What? I'm sorry, not to throw that out Damn. there. First of all, the pizza was delicious. Christina did amazing. She's just cool. Let me borrow that vest. Anyway, so when we talked to the people that were giving out the slices, they were like, yeah, we're going to be closing soon, but, you know, we're they glad to... They just opened up. Not like just. They've been open for... No, nah, it's been like a year or two. Oh, well, yeah. When you say just, then I mean, yes. like, recent. But, yeah, but... um, Well, that's sad. But um, DJ Banga from New York, DJ DMK, who killed it. Uh, Banga is... A beautiful soul. I'm glad I got to meet her that day. James Martin, Jamil, and Lao Beats for performing. They did great. And I fuck with them genuinely. So Shout out I'm to partner very happy. Rami. You like said her. I'm like, there's another CP family member. Yeah. She used to like um really? be a tutor for like summer tutoring in the program. I was at SCP. She's very, very well rounded, that one. I like that girl. She's a lot. so fun. She's so fun. She's fine as she hell. Like, she has the personality. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like you like no matter what she says, like you're automatically listening to what she got. Her to energy say. is very infectious. I've known Rami since like preteens, since we were kids. So it's nice to see the evolution. Um, shout out to Lonzo from Ocean Views News, who's been following me apparently, and I had no idea, but his platform, he basically using his platform to promote all Rhode Island events. So if you need your event to um, be out there, hit him up, and he is more than happy to share your flyer for free. I love so that. shout out to Lonzo, who was very nice and approachable. And it's so refreshing to meet people that like know you and they're just not like... You know, like one of those uh, ghost followers. Like Word. he really came up to me, like, "Yo, I respect your work and all that stuff." So shout out to him and shout out to Allah Wave. This man is everywhere. I see him everywhere. He's really doing the damn thing. Very proud. And yeah, it was a very successful weekend. Um, it's my last gig. Don't hit me up for nothing else because I am oh, wow. done. She's putting her phone on. Do not of the year. Oh, okay. Not okay. for good. I was girl. like, girl, not your retiring girl. You know who I am. <laughs> I'm trying to be like the celebrity's friend that's getting into all that. You're the real celebrity, but we're not going to talk about I'm that. I'm just here. It's fine. It's whatever. This is how celebrities are. They're low-key mad. Not humble. the modesty. <laughs> no, but you know what? It got to be like that. Because people always talk about in Providence how people cloud chase and they mm. get ahead of themselves. And it's no, like, I, I was going to... It's um, weird. And I'm always like, off. no. I was going to say, like, there's like this misunderstanding. And I, I was like, I'll try to bring it up somehow. But there's like this misunderstanding that like Providence cannot be supportive or like they support people who like have a bigger following or more clout. And No, but two things can be true. I was going to... Because yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say like... And I, I could understand that because you know it really it do be about who you know and networking like because you know networking that's what it is you know yeah. what i'm saying like yep, it's just yep, yep. You gotta be elevating out. but at the same time i really do believe in like good karma like if you are a good person if you are trying to put people out there not just in the same atmosphere that you're in but like trying to promote people and promote your locals that's just gonna come back to you it may not come back to you right there and then it may take a you know a little bit but mm -hmm. i really do believe it all comes full circle you know again there's different extremes to it there is some reality behind it but it's like yo 
don't expect people to support you if you're not supporting other people in your community. That's true. Yeah, I was told that um, we only uh, interview people for clout and that we only interview people who have a big following and that we're unprofessional. I don't have a big following. A big following. And so everything is perception, really. And if that's how you feel, then that's how you feel. Also, if you've only listened to like two out of the many episodes and it happens to be two people that have a following or only one and it happens to be one person with a following... Of course, you would say that. Word. Mm-hmm. But also, the sometimes following and work is kind of equates. Like, if you're putting in the work, the following will come. That's a topic in itself, though, because the fact that we put a lot of our own value and our proximity to other people is kind of. It's weird. I'm just going to say it. It's a little bit weird. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to go too far deep into it, but it, it's a little weird. It happens here a lot, but that's because we're a smaller state. We're a smaller city. Mm-hmm. We have a smaller community it, of yeah, color. It really, it so really like, is the size thing. That's why it can yeah. feel clicky. But it's like, like I said, it's like. But just, it definitely is clicky sometimes. It, yeah, it has like, its clickiness. Yeah. That's it it. does. That's but it's weird. cool. Yeah. Like you could be the person that is not clicky and you're just cool with everybody. Yeah, just, exactly. cool, yeah. just keep it neutral. Word. But um, I wanted to bring up this uh, little small conversation. I heard the other day someone call their mom by their first name. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I come from a culture where we don't do that. I've never called my mom by her first name unless she's like not hearing me go, ma, ma, ma. And then I'm like, Isabel. And she's like, what? <laughs> But other than that, I've never, I just wanted to hear from the rest. Like, what is your opinion on people calling their parents by their first name? I wish there could be like a zoom in her face. Babes. (laughs) I don't know about that. But, you know, some parents allow an environment where they're okay with that. They would prefer that, which is fine. I think culturally, and we are all coming from similar culture culture and cultural experiences where there's a level of respect we don't call our parents by their first names because we are not equals to them they are our parents there is a hierarchy and it's not like a dominating hierarchy but sometimes it is like it's that. just respect it's respect and it's that little bit of healthy fear where it's like this is not my home girl Right, right. And your mom will remind you, like, we are not friends. I am not one of your little friends. That's not how you speak to me. I've even seen people like, well, I call my aunts and uncles Theo and Thea. Yeah, we're like I never call them by their first names, but my neighbors call their uncles and aunts by their first name, and I'm like, I f- so in that aspect, in terms of like um, Thea's and stuff, like I mentioned my aunts earlier in the episode. Um, you know, I call I call one of my aunts the um, it's the Anore Tia Chupi, and <laughs> as I've gotten older, Tia Chupi is just Chupi now. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a week. Like I can't pinpoint when it happened, but it happened. So you um, think it's like an age thing? I, but in terms of the aunts, now parents, I feel like we just don't gotta say like you know the demographic that be doing that the most. We, we don't even really gotta say that. Get into that. But the point is, I think that you know, like for example, let me make sure I'm very like transparent and like how I act. With my dad, I've had like, you know, I, I've talked to him in front of my friends before he'll call me. And then when I get off the phone, they're like, yo, who are you talking to? I'll be like, my dad. They're like, what? Like, <laughs> you, you talk to your dad like that? Like, it sounded like you were talking to one of your homies type thing. So, like, I'll call my dad like DD or like, oh, like, you know, like, what's up? Like, oh, but you give him a nickname. Right. Yeah. Like, it's a nickname. Like, with my mom, I'll be like, oh, hey, little cutie. Like, you know, like stuff like <laughs> that. But, like, even when you were talking, I'm trying to think, like, if I were to ever say Rena, so I'm like, no. Like, that's just what? Like, it's weird, right? It's that training. And even my mom, with my friends, like, my mom has told me straight up, like, she prefers my friends to call her senora. And my Mm. mom is very, like, you know, like I said, she's hip. Like, the senora has, like, an older elderly connotation, but it's a thing of respect. You know what I mean? Like, 
You're not going to walk in your friend's house and I'm going to be calling your mom by her first name. Yeah. I didn't even know your mom's first name for a long time because uh, I'm not calling that lady by that. Oh, and you know it now and you still don't. Oh, no. Because, <laughs> like, right, it's a respect thing. And also, even in school, we called our teachers Miss, Mister. Even though we weren't saying their names, we weren't calling them just by first name. Not at all. It was always Miss or was yeah. Mister. That's true. It's funny that you say that because when I meet your mom, I don't call her by her name. I feel like I have to call her Ma as well. Yeah. Like, Shalice's mom, I call yeah. her Ma. Like, yeah, I call my friends, a lot mom. of my friends. I'd be like, oh, hey, Mom. Like, you know, yeah, even if it's my first time weird. meeting, like, Weird. It's just a respect thing, but I don't know. I just thought about that. I wanted to bring that up. You knew quickly. how we was gonna feel about it. <laughs> hey, I don't. You never know. Everybody's you know. tree right, right. grows. I mean, that's true. You know also, it's saying? not disrespectful in other cultures right. to call your parents by their first name if that's how it works. Right. Yeah. Right, 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 word. Word. Right. But it. Um, Y'all be safe out there. There's a little, a little something, something, something coming up. You know, it's sad season, right? Hey, coming. Don't you see me in full form? I'm not deep in that Zodiac stuff, but I'm a moon in Sag. It's your time. She's a savage. and I'm a double Sag, sun and rising. She's very detached. Um, she needs Relax. space. Say the good things first. She's very cutthroat, very direct. These things are all very too- much true. These are all great things, I feel like. Fine. Happy <laughs> Sag season. Listen, Sag season... Is on the brink. Scorpio season, we were fighting for our lives. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, that's because it's the season right before. You know, like. You got to calm down when you talk about Scorpios. <laughs> Scorpios. Are you a Scorpio? Absolutely. All around. No, 100%. Scorpio, moon size. He's a cancer. Oh. He's a feeler. Oh, look at him feeling. He wants to jump in so He gets the best hug. Get him, Mike Rubin. And he's an intellectual and a creative. He really will. Yeah. He, he, it's he very really cancer of him. He just came back from a business trip. He was not supposed to Licking be here. Looking all fly. He got a man bag. I see you, Ben. He's so cute over there. <laughs> Where's the earrings at? <laughs> Why are you on his back? Like, he was just traveling or whatever. You see, yeah, man. I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta keep my man on his toes. Shout out to my Sagittarius's, though. Mm-hmm. We outside. Talk about it. You have a birthday coming up. How do you feel? What is it? Next Monday. What day is that, sister? The 29th. <laughs> sister, I 29th. love that. 29th. Okay. 29th. It's coming up. And I just want to have a good time with my friends. That's all I keep saying. I'm like, I don't want to plan something really big because I want to save my coins to take a trip later on We're going year. to Ghana. We're going to Ghana, but we also need to go What's up? to a Caribbean country. Oh, and, and uh, get crazy. I was going to say relax, but also... No. Oh, Puerto Rico. Spicy. Start there. It's Puerto Rico is beautiful. I used to go to Puerto Rico as a kid all the time because my dad, <laughs> this is a lot, but my dad, um, he was in Puerto Rico illegally for a long time and we used to visit him. I used to go to Don't Puerto Rico literally. Puerto Rico. Just putting that man business out. I'm sorry? He was in Puerto Rico illegally, even though it's an American territory. Well, because he oh. went from DR. So my parents were born in DR. Okay, okay. Yeah. My parents were born in DR. My mom was raised in New York. And then my dad got deported to DR and then went. He was on the run. You know, he took a yacht to um, Puerto Rico. He's lit. (laughs) I don't know if that's the correct term in English, yacht. But in Spanish, it's called a yola. It's like a big, it's not really a big boat, but it's where people illegally migrate from DR to Puerto Rico. That. It's a long journey, but so that ocean, I guess, is very dangerous. Like that part of the ocean, and a just, lot of people no, don't like, make it. 
Yeah, just like migration in general. Like, you really see these stories of, like, people really swimming in water and everything. And mm-hmm. It's crazy. But anyway, so, yeah, I used to and go to Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico, like, four times a okay. year, and it's beautiful. You, you should, should do, do that. Puerto Rico. We, we, like, a girl trip. Wow. And you should also, if you are if you guys are, which, if you guys, we talked all about reading, there's this great book that I think needs to be incorporated into U.S. history in the schools. It's called War Against Puerto Ricans, and it talks all mm. about the repercussions and the consequences of what's happened after America got involved and freaking colonized them. Um, and I say it should be included in U.S. history because we just said it's American territory. Why did we, right. why did we not talk about Puerto Rico in yeah, it's so true. true. You it know? makes so much sense. So, and you got Trump throwing paper towels at disrespect. We don't know anything about, not we don't know anything, but like it really isn't prioritized about. history, even though it is American history as well. Yeah, yeah. That. I mean, they barely teach in mainland American history. Girl, uh, we were talking about Hawaii the other day. I got to come back here for an education episode. <laughs> no, seriously, because that. We need an episode on many things that we hell talked about. Yeah, hell yeah. But yes, and it's also Thanksgiving this weekend. So I guess, um, Merry Thanksgiving, Happy Thanksgiving to those who still what do you call mean it guess? Thanksgiving. Oh, because yeah. some people are like against it because of the history of. As you should be. Colonization. But I just think like Thanksgiving. Genocide. I just think Thanksgiving, like, yo, Thanksgiving. The whole yes. point of it is gratitude. Like, you know, if it has some sort of, like, oh, happy happy pilgrim. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it has something so specific in its name, that's, mm-hmm. like, Christmas, you know, it's scandalous. Like, oh, why do people, you know, get mad about Christmas? You know, I, I guess I could understand that. But Thanksgiving, the whole point is gratitude. Be yeah. thankful. Yeah. Like, thinking too much about it. See, that's that, That's why they think we're so damn sensitive. It's yes. like, yo. That's the whole tap in us. <laughs> Definitely the whole Because I'm not going to take my foot off their neck behind that one. Because they got the babies in the school, coloring the turkeys and the pilgrims. It's like, okay, I can understand yeah, y'all. Pilgrims, like pilgrims. Glamorizing that story for children. Mm-hmm. But you have grown people in college and beyond that not knowing the history behind Thanksgiving. That's just not okay. This country is not built on gratitude at it's all. It's not built on Thanksgiving. So don't be fake about it. Yeah. Pure. And it's okay but to celebrate though. something, but like you're saying with another meaning exactly. to it. Like exactly. you don't have to celebrate genocide, but right. you can celebrate your Being family. Thankful. Yeah. Right, yeah. Like with Christmas, like, all right, you're not into the whole gift giving thing and the glamour. So don't give gifts. Like don't do gifts. If you're broke, just say that. Oh, <laughs> I am. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah, broke, I bitch. Dave Yo, Chappelle. I feel that. I feel or that. just take Christmas to like spend time with people. Exactly. I feel like that's nice too without gifts, just dinner and Yo, the, the freaking lights and shit. You're telling me that's not pretty to look at it's during beautiful. Christmas season? Like the points Definitely is. And the mansions, on. even though it's giving very much white flight, it's giving very much <laughs> Rockefeller family. It's giving Yo, very I much. That's slavery deep. money but that's yeah, the chalet too in massachusetts is beautiful it's like this church and, it's like a shrine and yeah it's a yeah. shrine if you're of catholic uh faith mm-hmm. they have these stair steps in which um people go up on their knees it's the hardest thing especially if you're skinny and bony like i am and my mom was like finish it and i was like but god knows i love god it knows my she's heart. like do it right so if you and, and talk about too. your sins and i was like oh. even with that shrine it's like all right like if you're a faith it's real it's extra popping for you and if you're yeah. not that's okay too it's freaking yeah. pretty as it's hell. culture it's yeah pretty as hell. it's culture what do you guys do for thanksgiving traditionally Spend time together. We do it potluck style. Now that we're all older, everyone brings a dish or brings like, what are they called? Napkins, forks, knives, cups, and whatnot. Utensils. There you go. (laughs) I can't Mm -hmm. even. 
Those. And so, but it's still very cultural. Like the food that we eat is still West African food. Like we have mm-hmm. a turkey. And for a long time, my mom was like not getting jiggy with turkey. She's like, why can't we just have a chicken? Because <laughs> turkey like, be dry if you don't cook it right. Yeah. And she's like, why do we have to do that? Like we're here, we're doing the tradition, but like we do with our own food. Like why do I have to eat turkey? I don't want to eat that. Like let's do chicken. And I'm like, because uh, <laughs> it's something different. It's America. And she was like, and? And I'm like, true. That's true You know it's funny Because my mom Dominicans We cook uh, pork Which is technically A Puerto Rican tradition But Benil But pork is so bad for you It's so bad for you It's so good It sends you right To the bathroom But it's so good But it's so good So my mom has Found a trick To make our turkey Taste like Benil And she puts it In this bag And like Puts it in the oven and she like. Oh, that's what that does. I've seen people do yeah. that. That's what that does. It keeps okay. it juicy. Keeps the moisture in. Yeah. My grandfather puts um like pineapples and shit on it. I heard about I like that trick that. too. Pineapple, like some that's sliced good. pineapples. Yeah. Little... But Thanksgiving, honestly, in my in my family, like our biggest thing is Christmas Eve. Like that's the popping holiday for us. Um. Noche buena. You already yeah. know. Exactly. And like Thanksgiving, we my ice. With my maternal family, my mom's family, we got together. Thankfully, my parents have a great relationship even after they separated years ago. Um, he'll pop through sometimes for Thanksgiving and chop it up with all of us. Your so. dad? <laughs> nah, you got a good one. <laughs> you got a good one. Reach out to her dad. He on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll give you his Instagram Yeah, give, give us a handle. He's probably handsome, too. What's he looking like? Where's my cell phone? <laughs> We're, don't let me get carried away. Because you will. Because I, I will. I love and I'll let you. All right, now next to me, I have a guest. We haven't had a guest here in a very long time. I think I'm not even going to try to guess. It's been a while. And I always love having guests on the show because we always learn something new. And I I like to put on for my city. And this is the way that I kind of give back, sitting down with people who are doing big things, who are putting in the work, who are putting in the footsteps, and who reflect the community. So without further ado, I need that. I need that button. I know, yeah. You don't have that. I don't have that. I was looking at these things. But I have with me Miss Ashley Reyes. Hey. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm Thank you for coming. So excited. your title is journalist, correct? Exactly. And so let's just jump right into it. Let's just Word. get groovy. So I found you through Instagram. I found you through a post that Sabrina posted on her story from an article that you did with her and you interviewed her. So let's talk about that series. It's called PBD PBD profile. So take us into how you started this, what it's about and all that stuff. So shout out to Sabrina. And also I'm just, it really, it humbles me when anyone's like, Oh, I saw your article. Even if it's, I don't know if, you know, when people say that, did they scroll through it? Did they actually read it, skim through whatever the case may be when someone says that they like found me through my work, like I'd be soup. I really feel like, you know, what are the chances that people will actually peep this shit and engage with it? So thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, PVD Profiles honestly um, came into fruition last September, like late last summer of 2020 into September. Um, I started my blog, AP Reyes News, which is ashireyes.com. I started that. 
um, last summer in June um, that really honestly started off as um, just to have a place to have all of my work in, just to have my work in one place, like a portfolio type of thing. Mm-hmm. I never anticipated to share this, um, to like share the work like that, to like put it on my Instagram and everything. The reality of it was I just graduated last year in undergrad. Um, I got my degree in journalism and in networking with people in the midst of the pandemic. Like, how do I... You don't <laughs> don't don't I let the sounds throw you off. I mean, guys, no, but um, shout yeah, out that's to the a big class, deal though. Class of twenty twenty in the middle of a pandemic. That's a whole we could do a whole episode on that. But I am um, in networking and figuring out my next steps in journalism. Um, I, there was a common theme in professionals telling me like, if you don't got a website, you got to have a website. So I did. I started the website, and um, naturally, you know, I had hoped to relocate after I graduated. You already know life never goes as planned, um, but. With the pandemic on top of that, I really was not going to lo- relocate. So I um, I knew I was going to stay local, which meant I was going to, you know, have to do these articles about my community, which was totally fine. We're from the creative capital. Like, <laughs> the possibilities are endless. So just the idea of doing work about my community members has been something that was in the back burner for a while. Like, even before the blog, like, even, you know, I established that, like, I knew I wanted to do a project about, like, the city. So um, I feel like as a creative, a lot will relate to me when I say that, like, when you get an idea, like everything else just naturally comes together. I feel mm, like sometimes when we plan so things, it's like you try to stick to like a schedule and stuff. Sometimes it just, it's not organic. So with this idea, I'm like, okay, like how am I going to like showcase people in my city? Um, what am I, how am I going to name it? How am I going to frame it? Because, you know, is it just going to be various headlines of just like, oh, like this person had this event or this person did that. But also I just, um, the idea was, and PVD profiles, I wanted something catchy. That's why with the hashtag, everything's a hashtag these days. Um, I feel like there's a value within storytelling and journalism of no matter what story you're sharing, whether it's, you know, a singer, whether it's someone who does dope ass art on some Picasso level, and someone who's hearing it may not be a singer, may not be interested at all. You hear their journey, you hear their story, because especially with idolizing celebrities, which that happens a lot, we think, oh, that person got lucky, must be nice. And it's like, nah, like there's a whole journey behind that. And hearing their journey, hearing bits and pieces of it, I feel as though there's power in that, there's value in that, because someone, anyone, everyone can hear a small piece that resonates with them. And based on the feedback that, you know, I feel blessed to have received on that series, um, people would be like, oh, actually, the way you wrote it, like, I, it was so easy to follow. Like, I feel as though, like, you know, like, I really know that person now. Like, I don't mm-hmm. just, I, you know, I don't just know Sabrina as the person who organizes Daytrail or who, like, you know, co-founded Stay Silent and everything. So, yeah, that's kind of, that's how it started. And the reason why I, I'm not doing the series anymore, I, I retired it for the time being, um, is because I feel fortunate that I was able to get 10 people of 10 different, like, lanes exactly because it's like you know there's a lot of people that are in the music business Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's like i I really was specific and intentional in that i'm like i don't want to do like five people that want to be rappers and everything (laughs) or like five people who like you know do graphic design like i wanted versatility and i was lucky to get that so that's how that started i was reading well i've read most of your articles already thank you um i never noticed this article though the isn't levy andre who's from k bird which is just like the like what you just said it's variety it's not just artists it's not just creatives it's also community workers or community leaders rather so it's very dope to see that and your writing is superb i mean you went to school for it in and I think also to the connection that I had with you was that I'm a writer as well, but I've never really 
pedal to the floor with it. So when other people do it, it's admirable. So what keeps you going? What keeps you motivated? Um, so I, I feel as though consistency is super important. I feel as though even just, you know, we're very hard on ourselves, right? Even when, you know, establishing the blog, I never really until recently, honestly, realized like that was a huge step. But to me, it was just like, girl, how, how do you not do this sooner? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how, like you've been loving this writing thing. You've been knew you wanted to be a journalist. Like, and you just started the blog last year, but you know, it's a big step. And I feel as though the biggest thing behind that is consistency. And I say consistency because, you know, especially with the way the educational system can be set up, we, we can rely a lot on like a teacher's feedback Mm -hmm. or like, Oh, my writing got better because I did better in, in this class, my senior year, and I sucked my freshman year, but it's like, no, if you write often, or I'm not saying every single day, sometimes that's, that's not a reality, not even for me, but if you try to make the time for that, you can see within yourself, like, mm, I could do better in this, or even I, I share, I share my work with like my, my close ones, people that I trust with the work. So with these profiles, before I would put them out, um, one, I would send it to the person who, um, I was profiling to make sure that, you know, they approved with everything I was putting out there. And I would send it to a couple of friends, like, you know, just different types of friends, like a friend who's like super into literature and a friend who's like not super into literature. Like, okay, did it flow? Did it make sense? Is it all over the place? Is it concise? And Mm -hmm. things like that. So I feel as though, um, really taking advantage of your support system, you know, it doesn't have to be a professional. It don't got like, you know, if you've got a network with professionals and educators, awesome, take advantage of that. But it's like, nah, it's right. It's right next to you. You know what I'm saying? Like send your work and get feedback and things like that. Cause that's, what's realistic. Like that's who I'm sharing my work with. I'm trying to like get to 20 something year olds. I'm trying to get to 18 year olds. Mm-hmm. So the whole that's point your of audience. it is exactly like if, if you, you know, and the whole thing too, which is why again, like it means so much to me when someone tells me like, actually like I fuck with your writing is because honestly, I feel like I'm one year off from being a millennial. So I'm technically generation. <laughs> <two. Ooh. laughs> I'm, like, I'm showing my age in that. That's but. funny and crazy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wait, what is the cutoff? 97 Oof. right girl babes sorry i'm like showing my age don't gotta put that on that bar but it's going in there you know um i feel as though like you know this newer generation which is like super i feel like i'm right in between like i was exposed to a lot of technology growing up but i also had a cd player when i was little and that was like you know the like i remember mm-hmm. for christmas that was the thing um i feel as though this generation especially and even a good portion of the millennials like are just so uninterested in reading. Like, nah, I haven't mm-hmm. read a book. Like, you, they'll be like in high school, I ain't read a book since fourth grade and I'm still getting good graders. And it's like, all right, word. We have a lot of work to do in the educational system. There's a lot of antiquated literature Girl, up in that. It's we not, don't got that. We don't. don't we, I'm sorry. Let me not get into all that. But the point <laughs> is, we got antiquated literature up in the school system, which can discourage people from wanting to read. Yes. And also this over access to technology has people like nah like I just want to see a quick visual like why am I gonna like read this article and BuzzFeed does like a one minute video telling people me people barely want to read tweets when Twitter Girl. was like we're going 140 they exactly. were like nah exactly so again that's really the value to me and just and what really makes me appreciate so much is like damn like you took the time like I, nice. I didn't think people were gonna fuck with this I didn't think people were gonna be like oh like it's a, a lot of my work now before this new project I have coming out a lot of it is all, it's all written so when people are like oh actually I went on your blog I'm just like and you read it? Okay, thank you. Thank you. So Yeah, it's so crazy to think that because even when I'm on Facebook and I'm writing a long ass post, I'm like, I'm just gonna copy and paste this and put it in my notes and right. not even post it. Because people don't wanna read. Can't be bothered. Yeah. And books yeah, they're all they audibles skim. now. Yeah, they just skim. And it's you brought up the education system, which we'll kinda get into storytelling mm. because that's the topic right. for tonight. But um, yeah, like 
schools they're putting emphasis on read to your children Word. like read 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 it's so unrealistic though because the reality is we are in providence we're in the inner city where families and just people we have marginalized people here so they're saying read to your children Sure, that's a great idea. Right. What about the parents who English is not their first language? Word. What about parents who are single parents and work mm-hmm. full time and they don't have the time to do that exactly. or don't prioritize it to their children? So it's admirable to see young people really interested in literature and reading and yeah. writing because it's y'all who will teach the younger ones exactly. to yeah. be passionate about their reading and writing and their creativity. And writing doesn't have to be boring. It can be whatever Fun. you want it to be. It can be beautiful. I was I was lit, bringing up just, you know, the part where there's parents that don't, unfortunately, don't have the time to dedicate and, like, you know, read to their kids. Um, I, I'm very fortunate to have an awesome family. Um, I always, like, say, like, I have four moms. Like, I have my mom, her two sisters, and my grandmothers. And um, my two aunts, they were first-generation students. My parents didn't go to college. So my aunts um, really took on that role of, like... Wait, did, I'm sorry. You said your parents are first-generation? No, no, no. My aunts are. So my parents... And I'm first-generation. My parents oh, okay, didn't go. Okay, but okay. my aunts, they're first-generation as well. And um, they really took on that role of just, like, trying to expose me to reading. My mom worked for an early childhood nonprofit program. Um, it doesn't exist anymore, but... The whole point of that, which, again, we need programs like that. It was, you know, having people who worked in that program do home visits. And it was women of different demographics. You had a Cape Verdeans, you had Hispanic women. And they would, you know, go and if, let's say, there's a child who stays with the grandparents most of the day. It's like, all right, the, you know, educational leader goes, sits down with the grandparents, walks them through things. So it's a, it's a great point. And I feel as though a tangible solution, I guess, or something that could help that is, like, teachers still having books as you know in the classroom i understand technology can make things efficient but it's like you know that child's gonna like open up some app open up some Fortnite, and and they gotta read exactly so (laughs) and you'd be surprised the books that young people hang on to i remember reading Mm. the house on mango street and the alchemist Mm. and i know why the cage bird sings from middle school to high school and those books really stuck with me they weren't books i would have grabbed they're also like the library and very impactful books very and it's like wow look at the providence public school system putting literature in front of us that's going to impact our lives not today but like one day and maybe Mm -hmm. we would have never read those books i want to ask because you talked about your family, what encouraged you to go into journalism for your undergrad? Um, so I, I knew by high school, I want to say like by my freshman year of high school, I, I was hip to the fact that writing was my strength. Math, STEM, all that. Shout out to the people in STEM because they'd be like, oh, I'm majoring in biology. I'm like, yo, I could, I could fucking never. So um, I knew I wanted to get into journalism by the time I was in, in high school. I grew, like, as, for as long as I can remember, one of my first childhood memories was always watching the Today Show with my mom as she got ready. Um, which, not too many diversity back then when I was little. It was like Katie Couric, Matt Lauer, which Katie Couric, shout out to her, Matt Lauer, no comment. But point is, sure. <laughs> right, point is um, I knew writing was my strength. So at that point in high school, you know, people would say, oh, you want to be a journalist? Well, what kind of journalism? I'd be like, oh, well, maybe People Magazine, like, you know, a magazine. I got a lifestyle magazine. I didn't know what specialization. Um, once mm-hmm. I got to college, I did two years at Emanuel College in Boston. My other, my final two years, I transferred to Roger Williams University. And... I was involved in multicultural organizations, the Black Student Union and um, the Latinx organization on campus. And even in high school, I went to Bayview Academy. 
Culture shock, culture shock. I, you know what I'm saying? You, you mm-hmm. see. Where is Bayview, for those who don't know? Bayview is in Riverside. It's an all-girl Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Now, the all-girl part, people be like, oh, girl, that was not, that is not what had me. Yeah, like, that's not the, 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 I the was, part. Right. I was used to that in two days. It was the fact that I, uh, you see my complexion. I'm, I'm, I'm mad pale at times, especially in the wintertime. <laughs> and at times, I was the darkest person in the room. Like, that just really goes to show, you know what I'm saying? So, anyways... Once I got involved in multicultural organizations in college, um, again, my aunt Shirley and Norellis, um, my aunt Shirley specifically, she's of a darker complexion. Um, I'm half Colombian, half Puerto Rican. So my Colombian family, um, we're from Barranquilla, which is like near the coast of Colombia. And a lot of people from Barranquilla are of a darker complexion. Mm-hmm. And um, so my aunt Shirley, you know, with her own um, identity and navigating her discriminations against her she's very in tune with her identity and her blackness so she tried to put me onto that like ashley you know that's fire even though you're not you know you're, you're not dark you're not that brown like you know you, you still have ancestry you still have roots and i'm gonna put you on and everything so i really credit my aunt Shirley. my aunt norellis worked for jack reed for over 20 years um in the wow. immigration department so in terms of immigration issues she put me onto that and i knew by the time i got you know my freshman year of, of college i was like I need to figure out my purpose behind journalism. And I realize, and I so firmly believe that my purpose is using my privilege of having a journalism degree of being able to get a job in journalism, whenever that may be. And helping share these stories of people in these communities who feel voiceless, whether that be because they're too intimidated to share a story or because they don't, they're not getting any opportunities. Yeah, There's nobody's no one sorting running. after them. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I knew, especially with, um, the rise of attention and awareness toward police brutality and oppression in communities of color that has been happening for mad long. But you know what I'm saying? I want to say it was around, it was after, um, Tamir, Tamir Rice was definitely a big case, but I want to, maybe it was after Tamir Rice. There was a huge, I noticed like that was like really, um, in my face. And so I knew like this has been an ongoing issue. Mm-hmm. It's a sensationalism problem in journalism because it's like, all right, mm-hmm these huge media outlets, which is what people rely on, like CNN and, you know, even Latino mm-hmm. outlets like Univision. Um, it's like people, the worst. Right. It's like they only cover one, like one case because it went viral. And it's like, all right, word, that's an important case. I'm glad that's getting attention. I'm glad someone cut down footage, but it's like, that's been happening. You need to keep reporting on it. You need to report on it every day because I'm sure that there is someone who falls at the hands of whatever issue every single day. So mm-hmm. I really, you know, that's really what moved me into journalism and mm-hmm. into storytelling. So that's dope. I can that go on. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> I can go on. But you, you spoke about the Today Show and there being a lack of diversity. So when you went into journalism, was that your intention? Like, I want to bring diversity to what exists Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel as though, um, which I know we're not in the topic yet. We can go in when, when the time comes, but, um, I feel as though there is power behind conversations between Mm. people who share similar experiences. And if you don't share the same experience, there's still some sense of relatability, right? So it's like, let's say I'm talking to someone who lives in extreme form of poverty. You know, they may not have a high level of education as I do, and I have more privilege than them. But what they're talking to me about, I'm hip to because I may have a family member who went through that. I may have homies who have families that went through that. So there's more of a level of empathy and understanding. Now, that's not to say that some, you know, the counterpart cannot understand what someone's talking about. But, you know, it it really is. It it, hits home. it, It hits home and it's a different level of comfort and understanding. So. You know, and even just being bilingual, I'm very fortunate. I credit my Colombian grandmother um, to being able to speak Spanish because she would take care of me while my parents worked. Um, you know, just especially with immigration issues, right? It's mm-hmm. like 
let's say that there's a, a case going viral of someone who may be deported and that's gotten attention and there's like a white journalist who goes or like you know someone who doesn't speak spanish because there's white journalists who speak spanish let's say there's someone who doesn't really know how to properly have that conversation they're not going to be able to get the full story of the person that they need to share the story of so i knew that even just in my fluency period there was power in that you know and it, i see it even as simple as like I was talking to my dad yesterday. We're into boxing, whole other whole other background of my interest. But he was saying like, oh, I went to this fight and there was this boxer and, you know, everybody's trying to get at him after the fight. He's like, and I like, you know, called for him in Spanish and he automatically like turned mm, around. The connection. And he walked to him. So I'm like, I know that there's like, that's a connection. There's value behind that. And, um, and again, it's all a purpose thing. It's like, I don't look, and you know, people, I've had people like, oh, you want to do journalism? There's no money in that. And it's like, yo. Same. Right. It's like, yo, like, yeah, there's no money in that, but it's like, again, I can't do fucking STEM. Like, I, I can't do science. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and I believe that, I believe that purpose is greater than wealth. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And, and such. So it's like, if, you know, if I share a story and someone feels as though, like, like grateful that I took the time to hear them out, you know what I'm saying? That I took the time to share their story and raise awareness, like, like I'm, I'm fine with that. Even if, even if the paycheck was low, even if there was no money behind it, you know what right. I'm saying. So, that's that's really yeah. what it is. That's so true. And you, you, like put a word out there. Like literally, purposes is more important than wealth because mm-hmm. we see we see it all the time. Right. People who are rich are so unhappy. So you have to find that purpose. Right. And so if this is your purpose, then you have to do that because it was instilled in you and then change the connotation of wealth right because it's not just monetary you can be wealthy in other areas right and if you're wealthy and passion if you're wealthy and talent you know those are other things to be wealthy in like fact monetary is just one lane of wealth Mm -hmm. that that part better go in there because a lot of people got to get hip to that (laughs) you know what i'm saying there's a lot of there's a lot of like idolizing of like yo i'm trying to like make a million it's like yo go try to make a million i respect that grind but it's like all right, aside from making the Millie and, you know, in, in that form, like, what else, though? What's the underlying right, foundation? Right, Let's talk about the experience of mm-hmm. how you got to that Millie and, like, you know, the in-between. So yeah. sometimes the in-between, we lose track of it because we want to get to the next step, especially if you're a hustler. Like, you're trying to just Girl. boom, boom, boom. And it's like, yo, take the time. One of my PVD profiles, I profiled um Larry. He does, like, comedy and acting. Yes, we know Larry. Larry is, you know, Larry. Yeah. Um, his quote, which each profile for my promo, I, like, took a quote that I feel like would, you know, resonate with a lot of people no matter what background. He said, take the time to bask in your accomplishments. And it's like, facts, because we, we don't, you know what I'm saying? I, like, even just with, our, we, we're our biggest critics. I was just mm-hmm. talking with a friend the other day. I'm like, yo, it's kind of personal, but I'm just like, yo, um, I'm like, I want to say maybe like two years ago, three years ago, like, I finally, like, believed I am smart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And it's like, I would have, like, I, and I can't say, oh, it's because, you know, my parents were hard on me and blah, blah. Like, no, I, like. I could do the, the most minuscule thing. My mom, I'm so proud of you. Like, oh, my daughter's awesome. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, for some reason, there was a disconnect there. And it's just because I'm always on go. Like, all right, I'm in high school. I got to get to college. I'm in college. I got to get to the job. And it's like, wait, hold on, sis. You motherfucking graduated college. You beat some you statistics. Did. You know what I'm saying? Like, you did that. And it's like, so take the time. I'm not saying just, you know, for the week of graduation, celebrate. Nah, nah, nah. Like, the whole year. Right, Take the it whole in. year. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe two years. That's so true. And it's so crazy that you said like two, three years ago, you just thought you were smart and you've most likely have been smart your whole life, obviously, <laughs> right? Because you've gotten this far. So can you break that down? Like what it is to feel like insecure about your work and right. feeling like vulnerable? Because writing is 
being vulnerable, even if you're profiling someone else, it's right. still your words and your work. And it's your 100%, work. Yeah. 100%. Like I said, I, I didn't realize up until fairly recently, it's just even putting a blog, like making a blog and like putting that work out there was putting myself out there. Um, I feel as though, like I said, we're our biggest critics. Mm -hmm. So even just especially physically, you know, there can be a lot of like physical consciousness that goes into it. You know, you feel like you don't look great, but then everybody else thinks you look popping. Um, same thing goes for work. It's like with me, everybody's like, Ashley, like you're mad smart. Like, you know, like you, you're a great writer, especially with like, you know, and just in school, like, like I said, that was my strength. Um, again, like I said, we have a, we have a problem in our education system. So I definitely fell victim to that, that generalization of like, if you're not getting straight A's, like, <laughs> you know, like you, you got some work to do. I, you know, there were times I made honor roll, I got A's and B's or, you know what I'm saying? But like I said, math, I would, I would get a C or like, you know, I would get like a lower score and that made me feel like, you know, that like I wasn't, I wasn't popping. Not mm -hmm. math, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, if I wasn't getting nineties and hundreds on everything, not that I was like super perfectionist that I was like beating myself up, but right. I think that in specific takes on a big role. And, um, and I, I had a student actually, so I was substituting at the middle school. I went to community prep school. I don't know if you guys have mm -hmm. community prep, shout out community prep. Um, I was substituting for a couple of months last year, um, for a sixth grade class. And I had a student who was like, Oh, Miss Ashley, um, What's it called? I'm really, I'm really struggling in this class. Like, you know, I, I have like below a B and you're Latina, right? And, right, Miss Ashley? I'm like, yeah. He's like, so you know what happens when you bring a bad, when you bring a bad grade home? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm hip. And I was just like, well, like, are you, it, it had to do with reading, which like, that, like mm. you know, thankfully we're talking about that today. I was like, all right, so it's in, it's in your like reading class. I'm like, are, are you trying your hardest? And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I can do a little better. I'm like, all right. The point of the matter is I'm like, don't wait till your report card comes out to have that conversation with your parents. I'm like, let them know, mom, dad, whoever, I'm really struggling in this class. That way, because if you wait, if they wait, if they got the report card, they're going to be confused because you haven't told them that you're struggling. Yeah. I'm like, but let's say the report card comes in and you still don't get the A or B. If you can honestly to yourself say, I tried my hardest. And if your parents ask you, did you try your hardest? If you can for real say, yes, I tried my hardest. I promise you, they're not, they're not going to beat you. They're not, you know, they you're not going to get upset. the chocolate, yeah. you know? So I really think that there's not enough emphasis on that. Hopefully I know that there's, um, you know, younger educators coming onto the scene that are, you know, more relatable to children and understanding the different, you know, antiquated practices of the traditional education. But I think that in itself goes a long way. It's like, we can be one where everybody hard on ourselves, period. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we're in school from like, kindergarten up until 12th grade like in a whole system you know like I, I was fortunate enough to have private a calculated system calculated system I you know I was fortunate and you know blessing out shout out to my mom and her hard work and being able to attend private school from third through eighth grade I mean third grade through high school which third through eighth grade community prep even though it's a private school mm -hmm. we were all on scholarship their mission is all about giving inner city kids an opportunity um but you know, there's still even at Bayview, like there were just, you know, moments where like literally my senior year, like I had such bad acid reflux. Like, I've been had acid reflux since I was little, like an old person, but <laughs> I literally was like physically sick my senior year because in the college application process, I'm hearing these super privileged girls who could easily, even if they didn't have the grades because of, you know, the wealth could easily get into their top choice. But I'm hearing all around me, oh, no, I'm never going to get into that school, yada, yada. And that sticks with you, especially if you're in an mm -hmm. environment like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And that really is part of the reason, too, why I decided to go to Bayview. Because I wanted to go to Classical with my with my friends. I was like, yo, no one's <laughs> freaking going to Bayview. It's an all-girls school, what? But my Aunt Shirley, again, shout out to my Aunt Shirley. 
you know, she had that difficult conversation. My mom, my mom has always been very chill. Obviously, she wanted me to go to the to Bayview because they be offered best, me a scholarship. Yeah. But and you know, she's just like, but if you don't want to, then you know, I guess not. But my aunt Shirley was like, listen, Ashley. The reality is, yes, like it's a very white school, mm-hmm. still is to this day. She's like, but and you know, you've been lucky enough that you've been in an environment like community prep where it's a private, it's a private school, but you're around black and Latino kids. She's like, you know, if you make this choice to go to Bayview, it's going to prepare you for the real world. Unfortunately, Mm. that's still the real world we're living in, where it's like these corporate jobs and such. It's the same, you know, it's the same feeling I I felt in high school, which, you know, I I went to Emmanuel College and it's a very small campus and being involved in multicultural orgs, I knew the kids of color on campus. But my friends of color at that school were like, this school is mad white. Like, yo, like I feel mad uncomfortable in class. To me, I was chilling. And again, it all came full circle because my aunt was right. It's like I made that, you know, social sacrifice because it was it was whack. It was whack over there. But I made that social sacrifice like, all right, this is hard as hell. Like, you know, and you're 14. Like, and again, I credit my support system because, you know, like the intelligence, unless, you know, you're really hip and you're educating yourself, like having those conversations, whether it be with family or if, you know, you don't have too many people in your family aspect of your support system, having those difficult conversations like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's mad white. And, you know, you're going to feel uncomfortable. Um, But, you know, the I guess the value in it is, is that it prepares you for the real world. So and yeah. that and that really that came full circle. I want to ask you two things because you mm. said something that like ding ding went I'm off glad of you my head. Because no, I'd no, be no. rambling. You're fine. <laughs> this is your interview, so <laughs> you're, I'm glad that you're talking. Um, you said um, you you talked a lot about race. I want to ask you because there's a lot of talks, especially with Jennifer Lopez and the song that she came out not too long ago about, about saying, I think she called herself La Negra or La Morena or something like that. And Uh-oh, I didn't even know that one. I, I thought you were going to say when she said um, the N-word on, on I'm Real. I thought that's what you were going to bring. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no. Right, I, I mean, right. Latinos <laughs> all over the world say the N-word, right, right. so that doesn't, I mean, I'm also not African-American, so I don't know. It right, doesn't right. offend me, personally. But no, she, she recently talked about, like, Claiming her complexion as mm-hmm. a dark complexion, complexion, but we all know Jennifer Lopez to be this proud Latina. She's never said Afro Latina. Like, those words have never come out of her mouth. Word. So for you, being um, a Latina of a lighter hue, mm-hmm. do you have some kind of, like, um, what's the word? Not complexion. I guess, yeah, complexion or, like... Um, like what's my conflict? Idea yeah, of, my of like being a uh, quote unquote white Latina or white passing. Right, a hundred percent. I'm glad you asked that. I'm glad you asked that because I feel like that's a huge. You know what I'm saying? That's a huge. That's very important. That's very important. Um, so I I feel as though if you asked me this when I was like 14, 15, I probably would have been ignorant enough to be like, oh yeah, I'm Afro Latina. You know what I'm saying? Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. You know, I've educated myself a little more. Um. I, like I said, in conversations with my Aunt Shirley, my Aunt Norellis and everything, and, you know, knowing um, where I'm from. So it's like, on my Colombian side, like I said, Barranquilla, and, you know, that community being dark, darker than the other parts of Colombia, um, and then being Puerto Rican, and, like, the Taino uh, roots of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm hip to all that. So the reality is, yes, I do have black ancestors. Now, does that mean I'm black? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so there was mm-hmm. a confusion. There was, there was that confusion, like, damn, I do have, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, my phone's over there. But, like, my Aunt Shirley, you know, she's, like, of a dark, like, that's, like, my first aunt. Like, she's of a, she's Morena for real. So it's, like, you know, am I? And even my mom, my mom, if you met her, you'd be like, oh, that's her twin. But she's, like, a little darker than I am. So it's, like, but my dad is super white passing, you know? So, again, there's, like, 
And I think of Gina Rodriguez. She's super knowledge and super canceled. I love her. Right, I love her too. Why is she canceled? She's canceled because I think she, this conversation we're having right now of just like you, like asking me about that, like, you know, do you have like that? I think with her, she's just at completely one side. Like, I, you know, I, I do have the black in me, you know, and trying to like include herself in certain experiences that she may not be hip to because there's privilege in her complexion. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, um, I, I definitely think that I, I understand my ancestry and my black roots because like for real, I, I do have black roots. Because it is what it is. It is it's what it facts. is. A lot of us, a good majority of us have black roots. Um, but I also... And, and just even complexion aside, but complexion included, I am a firm believer in awareness of our own privileges. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, I I didn't come from a super wealthy family. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I lived in, I'm a hybrid. I lived in Pawtucket for 10 years. Then I lived on the mm. South side for 10 years. So it's like, you know, I didn't grow up, I, I didn't grow up dirt poor, but you know, I didn't grow up super wealthy. So it's like, again, recognizing, you know, your disadvantages or, how you're part of a marginalized community, but also recognizing your privilege. I feel like when you put those two together, there's really no room for, um, for like mis- for ignorance. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like with J Lo, especially she did a tribute, I think, for Tina Turner or something like that. No, not Ooh, Tina Turner. Yeah, it was, was it the um, it was the Motown Records. Yes, she did. She did the tribute for that. So I feel, and even with Gina Rodriguez, I feel like the biggest thing in that in the controversy behind it of you know j-lo saying a lyric like that gina rodriguez you know saying things that you know black twitter will be like oh my god like who does she think she is like mm-hmm. you know fuck gina rodriguez it's like i think conversation is so important bias aside of being a journalist conversation is so important and that's why i did public relations work in college for the multicultural orgs i really wanted to get the white kids into our discussions i wanted the trump supporters up in our discussions why Oof. because it's like even if it's two extremes I believe that empowerment is all about wanting to educate one another. Now, does that mean that you go into a conversation with someone that you know has a completely different worldview and have that intention of just trying to convince them? No. It's hearing them. It may be fucked up. You know, they may say some stuff that you're just like, what the? Like, bye. But it's like, nah, take it in. You know what I'm saying? And in an open mind, kind of hear them out, but then also try to explain to them, like, you may believe that, but my experiences have led me to believe this. We have completely different experiences. So, and that's the thing too, we're in a very polarized nation right now. It's been, done been polarized for years, but it's Mm. even more polarized now. It's like, people are scared to have those conversations or, you know, scared to really check themselves. Or like face reality. Right. Like, you know, for JLo to be like, oh yeah, like it sounded good in the studio, but I am wrong. I'm not a freaking Morena. It's like, you know what I'm saying? I think that, when you, especially in really difficult conversations, it's easy to bark at each other. Like, fuck you, me, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm. you know, blah, blah, You know what I'm saying? It's like, no. Demeanor is everything. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, someone's not going to want to hear you out if you're yelling at them or if you're coming at them. Obviously, check them. Hold them accountable. Like, yo, sis, like, I was fucked up. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, no. Really try to explain to them. And that was my whole thing with, like, and, you know, I did have some positive feedback from white students at Emmanuel College um, during, like, Student Government Association Day. Like, Oh, like, Ashley, you know that day's boring as hell, but you really, like, bought it together. Because I said to them, like, guys, I, like, the Black Student Union is not just for Black students to come to these, <laughs> to come to these discussions. I'm mm-hmm. um, like, you know, even if we're having a discussion that you think, you know, we'll have an opposing view to, like, we want to hear what you have to say. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, because if you try to, like, DM us that you don't agree, or you take it to Instagram on the notes app and put out a statement, like, oh, the Black Student Union, this or that. I'm like, you know things get miscommunicated through text message. I'm like, if you hit someone up, 
they got to miscommunicate. I'm like, mm-hmm. you have to come face to face and have these conversations. And that's so wild because like college politics is so real. Word. Like between organizations, mm-hmm. even the multicultural organizations, because I was in a multicultural organization as well in college. And it's like the Wait, politics. Where did you go? I went to URI. Okay. Word. The University of Rhode Island. Go Rams. Rody, Rody, Rody. Okay. <laughs> Rams, Rams, Rams. Period. Mm-hmm. But it's like the politics between multicultural orgs, the politics between white orgs, mm-hmm. and like all of this weird politics. And when I think back, like at the time, it was so serious <clears throat> to us. Right. But when I think back, I'm like, bro, we're 19. Everybody relax. Word. We are not our parents. Let's have real, true conversation. It's going to be okay. We can figure it out. Also, if y'all are calling yourself allies, then stand in being an ally and let's have a true conversation. And if we want change as, you know, a a community of color. A newer generation, too. A newer generation, then we're going to see each other's side. We're not always going to agree. You and I, T-Y. Okay. (laughs) She knew what she was talking about. She does. And I think what you're saying really reflects the society in which we live in. I think of nonprofit. I was just about to say that. Yeah, that's so true. Nonprofit organizations and thinking like, oh, no, that's just for, you know, people people in poverty and you know black and brown people and it's like nah like you know what i'm saying like white people are also in poverty white people are also (laughs) in poverty you know what i'm saying okay like i don't know the the numbers behind it but yes they're also part of you know oppression in their own ways some different extremes different ways let's not get it twisted but it's just like even if and i think it's all about you know unity and supporting each other it's like all right this nonprofit. yes it's for you know people of these experiences or you know these demographics per se um but let's say you know you're someone who you know has mad privilege it's like yo like spread word about this nonprofit on your news feed because you probably got use people, your privilege for right, the better you probably have right. people on your news feed who are mad wealthy that can donate to these nonprofit orgs like i feel mm. like people don't understand like how again it's the ally thing it's like oh you're an ally where are you at like where are you where are you where are you for real at like you know no no disrespect to people that you know, social media level activism is just their thing. Like if, if they believe they're, you know, doing something with that respect, if that's their cap- as capable as they are. All right. But, oh, no, but right, right, right. I, don't wanna, <laughs> I, I try to be very not judgmental, not judgmental. But the point is, I think that people don't realize, again, it's really an awareness of privilege. Mm-hmm. Like that takes, if you like, you know, if you can't name five privileges of yours, you need to get your notes app up, sit down, put your do not disturb on and really reflect for a minute. You know, the gratitude attitude really does go a long way. Like the other day I woke up, I'm like, yo, I'm freaking thankful for health insurance today. Health insurance. Listen. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, I got to stop getting older. I'm like, I'm still on my dad's health insurance. <laughs> but you know, it's little things like that. It's like, yo, I have health insurance. You know, are my parents rich? No. But there's someone that don't got health insurance. That, right. You know, they're sick as fuck. They can't go to the doctor because they don't have health insurance. It's little things like that. You know, it's yeah. we be the blessings. Word. But, um... You have this new project coming out. It comes out this week, correct? Yes. Oh, wait. Before the oh, new project, I'm linking to your question. I know you said that you retired PVD Profiles. Will that be coming out of retirement anytime soon? Or are you just going to be working on new projects? <laughs> so, new projects. So, in terms of PVD Profiles, I will... Like, there are some people that are hip to this aspect of PVD Profiles that will be happening, but... I love this. I love this platform. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. So like I said previously, I feel very fortunate. I feel lucky that I was able to get 10 different people of 10 different specializations and areas of creativity. Um, I retired it. And at first I was like, all right, yeah, like no more PVD profiles. You know what I'm saying? 
But, you know, it's, it's, the community is forever expanding. We got, you know, the youth right now. There's people when my series dropped that were like, you know, 18 years old. In a couple of years, they're going to be 23. God knows what they're going to be doing. Facts. God knows where technology so is going to be at. So my plan is um, to come out with different volumes, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe mm. at some point in two years, come out with volume two. Now, what I mentioned of, like, oh, I have something coming up with it is... I, in the near future, we don't have a drop date yet or anything. I will be putting out a limited edition mag for PVD profiles. Limited edition is going to be like a certain quantity of them. And, you know, God willing, if they sell out, if, you know, if there's none left to purchase, like that's it. There's not going to be a redrop or anything. So in the tangible form, the the profiles will always be online like Mm -hmm. in the digital form. But don't even get me started on the value of like holding a magazine in your hand. You I know what I'm love it. You know, so, good. so that, that's, that's the T on PVD profiles. We got a limited edition mag in the works. Um, I don't really want to give a time frame for it. It's just, I'm really working on trying to get that out ASAP. Um, but volume two, definitely like not next year, but maybe like in two years, volume two, for sure. You brought up magazines and I'm a collector of magazines. Ooh, like, I have like a this. bunch of Vogue magazines. I have, Mad source magazines at home. Source. Yeah. I got magazines on top of magazines, literally. My mom's like, throw that away. I'm like, this is vanity fair, like everything. And most of them are covers of people of color. Like my recent ones is Bad Bunny and Adele right now. And um Adele Adele is an ally. So she right, she right, passes. Right, 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 right. Adele is living her best life right now. Is but it anyway. the Vogue one? Is it the Vogue one? Uh I think it's Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Because her, um, her thing on Vogue was popping, too. I recommend yes, that. she is. So what What for you gives you that feeling of, like, like or reminds you, like, something tangible that reminds you of your love for journalism, whether it's magazine or... Newspaper. I know you mentioned the Today, today Show, right. but... It all, it all comes full circle because we were going to talk about the next project. And I, I mentioned this in announcing my next project. So aside from being, like, an av- not an avid because I don't read as much as I should, surprisingly. Good do I, it's okay. Right. But um, aside from loving reading, you know what I'm saying? Like, I even when the, I remember when the Kindle first came out, I think I got it for Christmas and I just, I probably picked that thing up three times. It wasn't hitting for me. Like, it didn't feel right to me, you know, to just click. Like, no, like, I want to flip the page. I want to feel like, you know, I'm smell almost, the book. Right, yeah. I'm almost done with it. I'm almost done with it, you know, instead of seeing like, oh, you're 53% through. So, oh, anyways. Yeah. Um, in terms of the magazines, and um, I definitely want to credit, um, in terms of the idea for the magazine and how it came into fruition, he didn't say exactly, oh, put PVD profiles. As, he didn't say that. But Drew White, I think he was maybe my fifth Yes, profile. I love Drew. So yeah, who no. doesn't? Now, Drew, shout out to Drew, bro, because I, I vividly remember when I got off that, because a lot of these profiles, they were virtual, because we were still, like, quarantine was still, you know, in its peak. But with Drew, that was, I had never talked to Drew a day in my life. I just followed him. He agreed to an interview. We Zoomed. And it was just such a great conversation the whole entire time. I remember feeling so grateful after that conversation because I was just like, yo, like, like you know, it's just. He's and the I, truth. That ass. And, I, and, you know, I really did feel that way about every single profile because it's just, you know, as a as a journalist, I try not to have pre-questions set up. I like it to be natural and organic, kind of like what we're doing right now. Um and but I left all of those interviews like when people told me oh like that story was inspiring I'm like it was inspiring for me too like I knew that person (laughs) was the shit and that's why I recruited them but like I left inspired too and Drew amazing shout out to Drew um but Drew had told me at the end like you know asked me a little bit more about what I do 
And he was just like, oh, you know what would be really dope? He's like, if you had something like in a tangible form, like something limited edition, maybe. He's so like, Drew, dropping so a gem. That ass, <laughs> right, <laughs> giving us game. And he's like, oh, you know, Jay, like, you know, where's Nasty? He um he has like his newsletters that he's like put yeah, out. in The like, mogul tangible. press. Right, exactly. He's like, you know, like there's an idea. And I was just like, I took that. I like held the hell on to that. And I was just like, you know what? Once I knew like I was going to like try to retire it or have the volume done at 10, I'm like, that's going to be the limited edition. I'm like, you know, at least I know there's going to be 10 people who are going to want it, the people that were in the magazine. Um, yeah. But I also, you know, I, I really anticipate and I hope when this, you know, when that comes out and everything that, you know, people will fuck with it and purchase it. Um, I feel as though, you know, it's di- it's like, it's different. You know, it's like on our phones, yo, like, it, you know, people uh, depend on like social media and like their phone to be their source of news. That's realistic, you know? The smartphone, you gotta take advantage of it. You can get the news in two seconds. You know, the Washington Post is about to put you on in just one little graphic Literally. of what their long-ass article is, you know? Um, but my point is, is like, it's so easy to get distracted on our phones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, someone could be reading my article and then boom, they see a notification. Yeah. Or they're like, oh, let me go look at my timeline. And then <laughs> there went my article, they're not going back to it. Like, Wait, I, I have to ask. Favorite PVD profile that... Favorite person you got to interview? Girl. I know. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but at the same time, I am. Right, right, right. I'm like, I was already feeling hot in the face. I'm like, damn, I'm a little hotter now. Um, Favorite PVD profile. I'm about to, like, scroll through. Scroll. <laughs> scroll through this laptop. So, I mean, it may be tough. And if right, you have right. a top two, that's okay. We'll do top two. Okay. I think that's fair. We'll do top two. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. He's yeah, you already know what it is. This is your boy Benz crashing the episode. Christina is no longer allowed to continue with the <laughs> oh episode. Oh my gosh, I can't. I'm dying. How's hey, everybody nice doing? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Hey, Regina. What's hey, up? I'm like so excited. <laughs> He's hijacking the pod. And top I'm all here in his spot. All right, I'm going to let y'all do your thing. All right, I think. He done um, put the headphones on and everything. He got a control. What am I going to I love it though. He's he's giving me time. He's giving me time to. Mm, I know to like think about it, bro. Okay, so I'm just gonna (laughs) no shameless plug in. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you guys a walkthrough of my of my ten stars of my PBT profile. So we had Israel Wusu as my first one. We had Sabrina as my second one. We had um, girl. Yeah, you have you have it right in front of you. I think I want to make sure I'm going in order. Maybe I don't know. Um, It don't even gotta be in order. We had Drew. We had Asia from Asia Print. We Letitia had T.T. Lopes. Yep, we had Letitia T. Hi, she T.T. She's fire. fire. She's fire as hell. She also went to community prep. She went to community prep. Fire oh, as hell. Is that how you met her? Mm-hmm, that's oh, how I met her. Nice. And the thing with community prep is that it's like, that ass is a community. T.T. is three years older than me. And um, even though she's three years older than me, like I was in third grade, she's in sixth grade, and we were still like besties. You know what I'm saying? So, right. So um, I think we're at five. We had Levy. We had uh, Nina. We had um, Alex. Okay. All right, I figured it out. I figured it out. Okay. Bump so the last two. Every, everybody else was in this profile. I, I'm just, I, I'm still to this day mad grateful that they even took the time to meet with me and tell me their journey. Um, but I want to say two that stand out for me are Sabrina and, um, and Alex Padilla. So Sabrina stands out mm. for me. Needless to say, she's a powerhouse. Um, but I'm a huge Hove fan, and I incorporated Hove into that <laughs> interview. Like, that was dead. One of my first questions to her is like, yo, we all know you love Hove. Tell us about it. How did that start? And she said she had heard um, a song of his while she was at this um, camp for Indian kids at Brown when she was little. And then it just, that song stuck with her and she knew he was the shit. So 
Um, I love that I was able to really get like that music aspect of it, which, you know, we're going to talk about the next project and how I fuck with music, my heavy. Um, so I love that. We got that personal. And again, she, she does so much for the community. Um, I, I just felt like I was so excited when she said yes to an interview. And she's also a woman. Exactly. I think that's the connection. She's too. a woman, period. A woman in all sense of the word. Um, Alex Padilla stands out. He became part of the series because I was working um, part time at La Casita restaurant. Are you guys hip to La Casita? Yeah, shout out to Brandon Fatty Manny. <laughs> that's my guy. Yes, one of the best coworkers I ever had. Um, so I was working at La Casita, and Gabby's family actually owns that restaurant. Really? Mm-hmm. Gabby's family. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shout you. out to Pablo Gonzalez. <laughs> so um, when I was you already work- named two previous episodes, Drew and Gabby, who we've had on the show, and, and Sabrina. You- Oh, yeah, Sabrina, duh. How could I forget? And if you haven't heard those episodes, y'all pause this episode because I probably. You know, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then come back. Right, and then come back. Um, But I, I was at work or whatever, and I was cashing someone out. Like I said, I'm a yapper. I was talking to this woman, and she asked me what I did, and I'm telling her I'm into the journalism thing. I hadn't graduated yet, blah, blah, blah. No, actually, I had graduated. I was trying to figure out my life in the midst of this pandemic. And she's like, oh, my my son, actually, um, he's a photographer. He lives in L.A. now. He just did a shoot with Jay Balvin, actually. I said, hold wow. up. I was like, he did a shoot with Jay. I'm like, and how did that happen? And she's like, oh, like, she gave me, which, read the profile to get Alex's story. I won't and go into Snoop it. And Snoop um, and, Justin is that Justin Bieber? Yeah, yeah, he has Snoop, Justin Bieber, Post Malone, Little Dirk. Wow. Yeah, these big names, right? And he's from, he um he's from, obviously from Rhode Island, if he was in the series. He went to LaSalle. Alex used to be a soccer player. Like, his dream in high school was to go pro. He's, um I believe, half Ecuadorian. And um that was his dream. And then he had an unfortunate accident um after his senior year. And so that de- that detoured him. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, life never goes as planned. And um it really was as simple as him fucking around with his like phone camera. He was taking pictures of sunsets, taking pictures of his friends. And then, you know, he discovered a passion for it and, you know, taking those risks to follow his dreams. And he was also very transparent with me in his interview about mental health and how he deals with depression mm. and anxiety. And, you know, and again, we talked about it earlier. People can be like mad successful. We're just like, yo, must be nice. They're out here doing X, Y, Z. But that doesn't mean they're 100 percent happy. That didn't don't cure their depression or anxiety. They're still going through it. And he was very transparent about that. And um. You already know, once we get into the topic, we'll go more into it. But I believe that there's so much value in just even as a person of color and in general, establishing mental health in the conversation. Unfortunately, we're getting better. There's more conversations happening about it, but it's still kind of a taboo. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So those who stand out to me, everybody else that's part of the profile, you're still the shit. I love all of y'all, but those who stand out to me for sure, Alex and Sabrina. But you said that things don't go as planned, but they do. It's just not our plan. Word. It's the greater Word. plan because for him to fall into, you know, thinking he's going to be a soccer player and then falling into this, which has been right. very fruitful, right. is not a coincidence. Yeah, it's like Never. according to like our like pre, you know, what we think the plan yeah. is. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's you not know, our plan. Exactly. Whether you believe in God or not, like whether it be God, what I say, I always say God of the universe because I never know who I'm, who I'm, you know, in terms of faith, who I'm talking to, but there is, you know, it really all comes together. Whether you want to believe it's a higher power or not, you're going to tell me that you're not seeing some sort of like, you know, like things coming together in your journey, all the bullshit aside, all the hardships aside, you're telling me you don't see like the some bigger greater, picture. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I feel you so there. speaking of plan, talk to us about this new project coming out soon on the Aux, on which the is Aux. very similar to our segment on the show, Pass Me the Yeah, Aux. no. And once I seen that segment. Well, it's not similar. The title is similar. Right, Aux. No, I was just like, the Aux. No, when I seen that segment, like, let me know why I thought that was kind of one of the hardest questions. I was just <laughs> I'm like, damn, one song? Like, I'm like, I'm a cheat. I'm going to be like, yo, let me put them onto two songs. But anyways, 
on the ox again. You wouldn't be the first one to do that. By oh, the way. never. On the ox, um, you know, similar to my story about PBT profiles, about you know, it was kind of like, you know, this idea that I had for a while, not of not that idea specifically, but kind of like that theme in a way. Um, and then again, just one night, like boom, 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 and it all just rapidly comes together, and I ran with it. So the story behind that is. Um, which I said in my announcement post for it, I, I wanted to really include like how it came about, you know, like and not just be like, oh, I'm dropping the show and that's it. Like, no, here's how it all came together. Like an intro. Um, right. So on the Ox all came about because, you know, with community journalism, which we've established is, you know, very much a passion of mine. Whether one day, let's say I go and I'm really in a career of the music industry, like I still want to make sure I'm taking the time, you know, to engage in my community and share those stories somehow. Um, but that can get really heavy. That can get really heavy because, you know, there's a lot of oppression going on in all different kinds of communities of color. Um, so I really wanted to reflect on like my other passions and how I can really incorporate that into the journalism. Um, my parents love them so much. Um, you know, we were talking about magazines earlier, but I was just telling my dad this week and I was having coffee with him before church. And I was like, Yo, I wish back then I would have realized the value of those vibe magazines. Oof. I wish we didn't dispose of them. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, cause think about it. I'm like, yeah, there, you know, there are some throwaway covers. Like it's just like, oh, hmm. but there's some covers that it's like, yo, really? Now I gotta Google that shit. Now I gotta be like vibe 2003 whole cover. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like things <laughs> like that. So it's like, I think I got that one. How much do you think it's going for? Well, I told you we gonna tax after this, girl. <laughs> it's a collector's item now. You can't be selling that. Dead ass. Like, I just no. want to know what it's worth. I'm not gonna sell it. I'm just trying nah, to. If it's worth enough, you might sell it. I might NFT them all. I'm gonna use you as a library. I just want to like go and just like, <laughs> let me scroll through yeah. for a couple hours, and I'm not taking it. But anyways, um, I, I definitely grew up, you know, with those magazines in the crib. Even if you know they they talk about like very complex topics, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm like freaking like seven years old. I don't really understand the freaking like, you know, talking about like sex and everything, <laughs> like, you know, and intimacy and things. But it's like, the point is I, I had that in my hands, you know, I was flipping through, oh my God, you know, Beyonce and yada, yada, yada. Um, and then also like at dinner time, we didn't, we weren't really that type of family that would like sit at the table like that and like, oh, let's all sit together. Let's all wait for each other. My dad would come for work. My mom would have those donuts ready and he would go set like, you know, at the TV, ESPN Sports or BET 106 in Park. So at BET 106 in Park, that was. Your dad is hip. Nah, he really is. <laughs> nah, yo, he I got was, the vibe. He got the 106 bro, in Park. Well, you're was, younger. So your parents are obviously younger. Yeah, no, I was, when I was driving today, I was just like, yo, hold, like, again, I love my parents. I was thinking to myself, I was like, hold on. I'm like, I really am hip because of them. Like for real, like even at work, you know, I'm the youngest at, um, at where I work at and it's like, but they're like, no, actually, but you're still hip, you know, to all these like artists from like the nineties. So m the gag behind that is that my dad with like salsa, well, my dad is so hip to like American music as well, but with like Spanish music, salsa and everything and the classics and everything, he's mad into that, mad into that. And I appreciate that because now I'm into the classics. Well, you say you're Colombian, right? Is your dad the Colombian? He's, per he's Puerto Rican. Oh, and makes my mom's sense. Colombian. So yes. I mean, but salsa is big in Colombia yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely a universal genre. And you know, there's memes online like, "Oh, when you hear the bachata on Saturday mornings, you know that you're about to clean." <laughs> for me, for me, it was like if I heard. Remember Music Choice? Yes. On TV on Cox. Girl, <laughs> yes. Channel five hundred plus or nine hundred. <laughs> right. Now, nah, Music Choice was lit. And they had they had an old school rap channel. 
So my mom, like, she would just, like, put that channel on, volume all the way high for old school rap. So I yes. hear, ooh, ooh, that's the sound of the police. I knew we was about to ooh. clean that morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, you down with OPP? Yeah, you know me. Yes. So that, you know what I'm saying? Like, my mom, and I told her to, like, Colombian music, Vallenatos and stuff. I'm like, damn, mom, like, you didn't put me on to those. And she's like, but Ashley, your dad put you on to It's also that. good stuff, too. Right. And she's just like, Ashley, like, you know, you at least now you know rap. At least, And it's true. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thankfully, I'm hip because of them. I really give them mad that credit. Sean Jones. Sweater, you obviously know the yeah, culture. Right. Very good. <laughs> right. uh, but so, you know, with watching BT 106 and Park, um, Sway interviews and everything. So my, my parents, yes. well, my my mom is into boxing as well. My dad is super into boxing. Again, Puerto Rican. Um, when he would go to fights and everything in Vegas, especially at Foxwoods as well. Like back in the day, there used to be people that would slide through. But in Vegas, there would be these like big names out there. Like, yo, I'm not even fronting. Not even like fronting. Holyfield, Tyson. Like, my, to my dad, if he's watching this on YouTube, I need you to like confirm in the comments. My dad told me how he was in the in like the crowd once at a fight. I don't know what fight it was years ago. Freaking Jay Z was in the same row as him, and I think like my dad had taken a picture or something, or like it came out on TV, and they were in like you know you could see my dad like in passing what? and the thing, and like a high school friend of theirs was like, "Yo, like you did you know Jay Z was like right next to you?" So again, this is like. When Hove was just starting, like the '90s, my dad's like, "Who?" And and you know, the friend was like, "You know, it's a hard knock life." And he's like, "And then we were just—I went to go see Boo Boo Andre fight this past week. I shout Dope. out to Boo Boo. And he won. Congratulations, right. Boo Boo. Undefeated. We got to give him his flowers. I really hope that people are listening to him Yo. and you know, give I." Boxing is I have to cut you off to say this, and I'm so sorry. No, but go ahead, go ahead. I, I went know. to L.A. with Ruben 2019, the most unforgettable trip of my life. We went to the African American Museum, and we found a wall of Olympians, and Boo Boo Andre was on that wall. Where's the button? <laughs> Where the sound effect at? Where the sound effect facts. at? Yeah, no, that's facts. And, like, again, shout out to Boo Boo. And like I said, I really, I, you know, he's really trying to advocate for himself and get challenged. We have an issue. I won't guess. I won't go deep into it. But we do have an issue in boxing right now. Fighters are not fighting enough. If you compare boxing in the 90s and everything to now, boxers used to fight, like, two it's to three times a year. money now. Right. And, and it's a publicity stunt. Why the hell is everybody suits about Jake Paul? Even as I, I dare <laughs> I say Floyd Mayweather... Great boxer. I'm not taking away from his talent, but it's like, yo, why am I only hearing you guys talk boxing on the TL about Floyd? There's these other great boxers. Anyways, point is, my <laughs> another crazy moment in my dad's, because my the thing about my dad is that like sometimes he just like be in his own world. He was walking in the crowd in Vegas one day. Freaking, he sees um, I don't know what the what the back of the jacket said. Point is, freaking Fat. He ended up meeting Fat Joe at another fight. Him and my mom got a picture of Fat Joe. Fat Joe and Big Pun walking mm. like you know with their peoples and my dad just like it went it went right by him it was too Ooh. late by then anyways point is um this is too much right it's a lot so your dad is a celebrity just say that nah, <laughs> i'm gonna need his he's signature. been in the presence of greatness no i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to like show you guys his instagram because he just he'd be posting like aside from the boxers that he meets which are iconic um you know different celebrities told me he has a picture with like the game problematic but he got a picture with suge knight <laughs> but the point is of um, what's it called i you know having vibe magazine you know having my parents like i remember um which again the the value of having something tangible in your hands there's a lot of convenience with apple music and spotify and being able to just access an album and boom 
But I miss having a CD. You know what I'm saying? I, mm. Like you can still get a CD, but where you, where you like we can't even put that shit in a in a computer in a computer no more. It's unfortunate. But like aside from that, I can. Oh, unless you're Christina watch your mouth unless you're Christina but it's like <laughs> I, I remember like you know when my parents we drive to Best Buy to go get the CD of the week like Street, street Dreams I remember when my dad got that for my Ooh. mom freaking graduation and everything I remember when they went to go get that so I, your parents are hip hip right right <laughs> and like Sway interviews you know Sway interviews watching Sway interviews like even before I knew like what Sway really did like I just knew him as like legend the dude that you know had the headpiece on got the incense lit is dim lighting and he's sitting just chopping it up with these with these um yo with I these watched musicians. his interview with Kanye he, again today I don't oh, even know how that came up but I watched it he was so patient with him oh my goodness yeah, journalist you gotta be patient you, you really you don't even know what the you're, story and even you like you're you're a journalist as well with this platform it's like yes. you you don't know what you're about to get into. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you have an idea of what they do, but you don't know if they're going to come say some out of pocket shit on your platform. Girl. Or say it, nothing. Right. Or say nothing. <laughs> Which is probably worse. Completely. Right, right. So, you know, one of my pastimes, like, if I'm up, like, I have a trash sleep schedule, but if I'm up and it's 1 a.m., it's like I'm going on YouTube, like, like, you know, again, bringing Obsessing. up Hove. Clearly, he's in my top, but like, Hove, you know, 90s interview or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when Hove and Nas settled their beef, their first interview, Hove's beef. So it's like, I, and again, it's just a lot of like things really come together. It's like, I yes. wasn't doing that because, oh, I, you know, I want to do that. Like it really just came together. I'm like, all right, I want to do something with music. I, I love music. You know what I'm saying? And I want to go into, hopefully God, God willing, universe willing, I'll go into the music industry one day and be a musical journalist. Angie Martini. Hey, That's my idol right there, uh-huh. Angie Hopefully Martinez. one day. But I'm like, I really wanted to not only get, try to do music, based journalism but also kind of you know not just emphasize too much on written journalism like that'll always be a thing you know what I mean but even in high school like when people would ask me oh your career what do you where do you hope to be in x amount of years I'd be like you know I'll start off in in written journalism you know whether it be newspapers magazines but hopefully I hope to go to broadcast journalism and you know be on tv I know it's not going to happen right away but I I hope that I can grow to that so I wanted to you got time you're young just got to work at it. <laughs> right, exactly. Hard work and determination. Um, but I, I wanted to do, like, sit-down interviews like that. Now, I know no one's going to, unless, you know, you're, you're really with the shits, I know no one's going to really sit and watch an interview that's, like, 50 minutes to an hour. So I wanted to really, and, you know, IGTV, some people have told me it's not going to be as popping in a couple years. I don't know. Right now, I know that a lot of people are The fucking. people say things all the time. They right. say well, journalism was dead. And IGTV, yeah. Like, oh, it's a dying platform. But it's like, yeah, IGTV's you know, the reels is on its way shit. out. The reels, though. Yeah, the re- like, same you know, thing though. It's like the same a similar, thing. yeah. It's like on the platform. I don't, I don't know what it's Instagram though. Different, different. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I was like, all right, I want to be able to put this out in a way again, just like I said with the profiles, like put it out in a way that you know people will really like engage with, and that's you know, I'll, I'll get the attention of people. So, um, I, I also, so it's called on the ox. I, ha- I wanted to bring, you know, I'm, I'm, I say I share stories about the people for the people. That's really my slogan. I really want to trademark it. It's in, my, it's in my Instagram bio. But I knew I, you know, I wanted to put upcoming artists out there. I'm not saying I got a big ass following. I wish. I wish I had freaking 50K that, just for the sake of, you know, getting their name out there. But it's like, you know, in any way I can. And, you know, if I can share your story. And again, if it can touch people and inspire the youth to know that they can do it too, even if it's not a traditionally, you know, super high paying job. Um. But however, the real like the what's I don't know if it's the niche or like the thing that's specific about my show is that it's not just upcoming artists. It has to be upcoming artists that I genuinely rock with. 
You know what I'm saying? And honestly, What's your personal favorite? Exactly. And like, I really want to credit. Um, so the first episode will be coming out Friday and um, I will be featuring Eddie Lima. He goes by E. Also Cape Verdean. <laughs> Cape Verdean. Um, but um, he dropped a project this year and I remember listening to it. Um, it was over the summer and I was like, okay, like this track is hard. This track is because people will put out projects and obviously even like mainstream celebrities will put out projects. You don't, you don't like the whole project, mm-hmm. but with him, it was like, mm, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, that hits, that hits, that hits. And it's like, all right, I genuinely rock with your music and I see the growth. So it's like, not only do you have to be an upcoming artist, but you have to be someone I have on the off. Like, like I've had people like, oh, you should put my, my cousin on or my brother on the, on the show. I'm like, all right, s- send me his link. If I, if it is whip approved. And I'm not saying it got to be that trap shit, but if it's whip approved, whip approved is very important. What's mean, whip approved? The whip. oh like whip, yes, yeah, right. The core. Don't be right. coming up in here with whatever you got going on, and I can't bump it in the whippity. Yeah, whip. and it doesn't mean to say like you know. Sometimes there's songs that you can put on with a group of people in the car, and there's songs that for you when you're by yourself in traffic, you're having a concert. So with Eddie's music, <laughs> I was bumping it, and honestly, um. I'm going to wait for the past the sec, past the aux segment, and then I'll talk about the other project that really brought it together for me. Like, nah, there's some talent up in here. Um, but I really saw it really came full circle, even with the Spotify wrapped up Spotify wrap up playlist thing that happens, the Apple Music replay. Yo, in my top 100 most played, and I've let these artists know specifically. I was like, yo, um, you. I told Eddie, I'm like, you just dropped this project like a month ago, and you're already like fifth, like above 50 in my most played. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, and that's how you know. So. You know, hopefully I'm planning after season one to have, um, you know, people from other parts of the nation on the show. But that really is the idea of it. Think Sway, think Angie. I guess modernize in the sense of like it's on Instagram and stuff. And like it's a on, highlight, a spotlight. Exactly, mm. a spotlight. Um, and, you know, it, it's really just podcast vibes. Like what we're doing right now, you know, we're chopping it up. And it's like you put the visual out. It's really, you know, because and you ask me like, oh, is it like a podcast? I'm not going to put it out. Um, I'm not going to just put the audio out on, pod, on like podcast platforms, which again, it really is just to kind of like um, pay tribute to like, again, like the Sway interviews and like those interviews that like we YouTube because, you know, we want to see them. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's how that came about. I love it. I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. The more the merrier. I think we need more, more, more people from our city to put on our state. I got to stop saying city because it's not just PBD. That's true. Uh, our state, our state, our state, Rhode Island. We need that because, you know, there wasn't too many before we all started working so now that it's here artists have somewhere to go even if it's just here but this matters too you know what i mean so your work matters and i'm excited to see that and and press tours like wouldn't it be awesome if like you could go to local artists could do press tours in their own that would community i won't say they can I mean, There's, yeah, they can. There are. Do you mean like when like authors go to like the bookstore and like yes. talk, like that type of like obviously not in a book like or a library, going to the like, Breakfast Club, going yeah, to yeah, Angie, yeah. like going you do a press tour. Like Summer Walker's out now doing you know her press tour. She's going press to different run. radio mm-hmm. stations and different media platforms and talking about the album to put it out there. So if you're a local artist, you could go to Spark Up. You could go to the Daily Note. Please you could delete go to, this. Please delete this. You could right, go right. to actually and yeah. talk about your project that's coming out and these people can give you critical feedback not yes. just being like your shit sucks or your shit bangs <laughs> right like, or like literal just, musical right. ears like, not me though but y'all be safe out there but they got y'all exactly or like you know just like and <sighs> i think my, my friend sadie shout out to sadie i was talking hey. about sadie with um christina follow her faces of sadie uh faces with sadie faces of i sadie. freaking love her not that not the shotgun into my head i think it's faces with faces 
with Sadie. Yeah, no, that's right. With right with Sadie or of, yeah, faces of faces of Sadie. Faces I think it's faces of. If you Let know, if with just faces, put faces of Sadie, that yeah. yeah, that should ring a bell. Um, point I is, I was telling her, her like you know, I was showing. She's like, oh, just give me a sneak peek. Like I, I, and I'm like, all right, this is a like this is no edits. Like all right, here's the interview with with Eddie, um, and she was just like, oh, I really like that. You know, not only do you want to do it in an effort to put people out there and, you know, try to put people on as much as you can, but it's people that you genuinely listen to. Like, I have no intention of ever bringing an artist on just because they have a high ass following. Thank you. Or for clout. You know what I'm saying? There is, I, you know, I could understand the business aspect of, oh, there's value in that, that. You know, there's value in that. And no hate to people that do do that and, you know, believe in that tactic. But nah, like, I'm not about to, like, put you, like, that's the whole thing. So, and even with the people that I put in my PBD profile series, it's like people that I see are doing the work. You know what I'm saying? And not just doing the work, but, you know, there's something else in that. Like, you know, they're about their community or they still engage with their people who didn't let the clout get to their head. You know what I'm saying? Like, they still come back to Rhode Island and, like, you know, do shit. So. Shout out to Flawless. Yeah, Ooh, right. I have, I have an interview with him, too, in there, I think. He's, yeah. I love him so much. I swear I, by Flawless. You really I do. do. Like, if he needs a kidney, I will give it to him. No, he's, if I'm he's really cool people. That was another yes. person that I did not know before the interview. And when we Zoomed, like, he was just very authentic. He's very, very authentic. And he is, he's a man of his word. That's what I love about him. But, um, yeah, so we're looking forward to this. And if you have not checked out Ashley Reyes' work, please do so. It's ashleyreyes.com. She has her own website. Not a lot of people could say that. So that's a big deal. Even if you're only getting 10, 100 views, whatever, it's out there. Your work is out there. You're out there. So give the people your socials so they know how to follow you, where to find you, and all that good stuff. Um, so like she said, ashyreyes.com, um, or if you want ashyreyes.com slash news, that should bring you to like a majority of my articles. Um, Ashley Reyes on Instagram, Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E. There's no Y at the end. That's, you know what I'm saying? Don't mm-hmm. search Ashley with a Y, but Ashley Reyes, um, on Instagram. News specifically, which I have to do better at on my, t- my professional Twitter, um, AP Reyes News. It's okay. Right. Um, but you know, if you're on Twitter, my personal Twitter, which again, <laughs> I, I kind of like do this because I'm like. And you know what I talk. Is it wild? Is the it's, Twitter no, wild? It's not wild. No, it's not wild. And I, I was telling you guys before before we came out, like my dad follows me. I got but your me. dad is also hip. We don't know <laughs> yeah. what that means. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got He's out there to retweeting your wild tweets. Right. But it's like I always have tried like which, you know, I tried. Like, did you end up finding my Twitter? I did not. You didn't? Mm-mm. Oh, miss, I did. I was like, I was waiting for her to be like, I found your Twitter. I don't be on Twitter like that. Oh, That's the thing. Okay. She would have found it though. I tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like when I made it, I remember the t- I've had this Twitter account since like 2015. I had Twitter before, like in 2009 until 2013. Then it was getting sickening. I deleted it. When I went back on, I just made it like to have something to log into to just go on like celebrity shit. So it's Champagne Eha, which <laughs> do I need to explain that? Like it's like, you know, Champagne Poppy, Champagne Eha. Love me some Drake. Wow. Um, but, and then I have Denise Huxtable as my EVI. She's been my EVI since 2015. I it's love like, that character. It's like the freaking, the picture of her where she's like, She's like looking for mm-hmm. Anyways, that's it. AKA Lisa Bonet. <laughs> Lisa Bonet. Yeah. Um, and then like you know, Champagne Eha, and then it's like A Reyes. So I guess like I expose myself there like A Reyes, but um You know, I should have looked up your Twitter though, because you don't give us much on Instagram. There's like twenty pictures on there. Right. That. I gotta do better at that. No, I, no, no. I, it's it's cause I look for the details in the captions. You know what I'm saying? Like people really be low key revealing like, themselves no, that's through captions. So true. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not one of those um I'm not too OD with it. Like you know, we've talked about just how social media has evolved and everything. I'm not super OD with it where I'm just like, Oh my god, like I gotta spend like an hour taking a picture to get it for the gram. 
you know, there's people like that. No, that's really, that's your thing. That's your thing. It's but my work, babes. Yeah. But I will say, like today, I was listening to a so- a Hove song again. I was into a Hove song. I was driving, and there was a line that came up. And I'm like, that's my Thanksgiving caption, y'all. Hey. Like, that's my Thanksgiving caption. <laughs> but it's usually a song lyric, you know what I mean? And, you know, it's kind of like a meme. Like, oh, like, Drake just dropped this album. He's about to give us captions for the whole year. Now, Drake, shout out to Drake. I'm sure probably on my feed there's a Drake caption. But it's like, nah, like, I love, like, you know, if I put it, like, for example, this whole song, it's not from, like, it's from his, um the, the first Blueprint album. Yeah, the Blueprint. It's like, yo, if you know what I'm talking about and you say in the comments, like, you continue the lyric, it's like, that, that, that's like If you know, you know. Right, if you know, you know. That's, that be getting me souped. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you're hip type thing. So, yeah. follow me, All right, guys. so follow her and she'll be sticking around to talk about the topic. And um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. But yeah, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hopefully you're listening to this with some people you're thankful for. Or if not listening by yourself, then be thankful for yourself, I guess. Um, And um, if you are not already subscribed, subscribe now. Apple, Google, Spotify. We're back on SoundCloud, so do that. And um, if you're watching this on YouTube, like, share, comment, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend, share. Copy this link, share it on your newsfeed. Do what you got to do to get the word out and tell them that we're lit. Um, but yes, they are. let's jump right into the topic because we don't have much time. But this topic is important. Cut me off if I say if you know. I'm it's just, very you know. important. So the topic is the power of storytelling in black and brown media. I love your dad. He just looks like Mind. a dad. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's so cute. Doesn't he just look like a kind of business owner? Girl, no. (laughs) He looks familiar. Mm -mm, He works um, on ecological Or maybe because I just saw him on your Instagram. But yeah, so I wanted to talk about the the foundation. (laughs) Like with Floyd. (gasps) (laughs) Damn, that's an old picture. Yeah, Floyd looks mad young. I wanted to talk about a little bit about um, how we were introduced to storytelling and how storytelling relates storytelling why do i keep saying it like that (laughs) storytelling relates to our personal lives because for me personally i'll just go first um my mom used to read to me a lot as a kid and she used to make up stories and my grandfather god rest his soul he used to tell us stories all the time even if they were made up such a latino thing yeah like oral tradition is very important in um communities of color because for a long time our grandparents weren't educated or, you know, our ancestors weren't educated. So oral tradition is what kept our stories alive and is what to me feels so much more personal than a book. Like I could read books from, uh, what's her name? Uh, Julie Diaz, right? The author of House on Mango Street. I think that's her name. Uh, Julia Alvarez. Julia. Who the hell is that? You know, that's somebody I went to school with. <laughs> Shout out to you. Julia, Julie. Anyways, but yeah, I could read a Dominican story and I usually don't connect to them because they're uh, white Dominican stories that I just can't relate to. Um, but are you hip to Elizabeth Acevedo? Yes. You know, it's crazy. She's my sister's sorority sister. She's in Sigma Phi Lambda she's Epsilon. Yeah, Crazy. she's she's dope as hell. Incredible. She dope started as out as a poet, mm-hmm. and um, now she's writing books. But yeah, so like stories like that, I can 
they just feel like home. Exactly. And there's something so special about carrying on a story that your aunt, your uncle, your right. grandmother told you. Right. And I feel like we take that with us throughout life. And then that's how we kind of like pick and choose what stories to listen to or even what um what articles to read. Word, even, word. you know, we can connect and it and it kind of all follows so back it really to comes your childhood. Back to representation, it's yeah. Like feeling rep, like like you said, even though it can be a Dominican story, it's like if it's a you know a, a white Dominican, like you don't feel you know you don't. There's no relatability. Not taken away from the art, but it's like I don't I don't feel you know it's not it's not hitting. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with that. But what's your connection oh, to storytelling? Because you're a journalist and you write and you tell stories right. and you tell stories of you help tell others. Sharing stories, stories about the people for the people. That yes, really that's on, I have that in my notes. It's yeah. on your Instagram bio. Yes. Um, and just when you were talking, I was like, all right, we're, we're bringing it like to the roots, like, you know, when it really started. Um, and what came to mind was like, I stay telling my mom, like if my mom brings something up, especially from times before I was born and it's like some scandalous shit, I'll be like, I didn't know that. Like, you never told me that. And she'll just be like, Ashley, if I had to tell you everything I've experienced, like, you know, we never get, you know, we never get to the end of it. But, um, so I, you know, like I said, my aunts and my grandmothers, like, they're very, like, you know, part of my, part of my foundation. And you know what it's like when you talk to women, you know, just even this, right? Like, you know, there's things that we can talk about that, you know, men will not really understand. understand exactly. Yeah. And that's just what it is. So, um, you know, with my aunts and my mom, like, they're like a, a nice unified pact and everything. And I remember, like, I wanted to be like a sister. Like, you know, when I, I was the niece, I was a daughter. And I was like, and, you know, sometimes we be like, okay, Ashley, like, we're going to have big people talk. Like, you got to go away. And like, you know, they would like talk about stuff that I couldn't listen to. And I'm like, I dad made like a, a petition, like a letter, like I want to be a sister. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, <laughs> but like with my grandmother and, you know, and I think, um, you know, like you said, like in, in communities of color, there's so much value behind storytelling. And especially because it's like with, without us even realizing that there's some storytelling going on, there's some storytelling going on. So, um, you know, my grandmother comes to mind, both grandmothers, honestly. Um, and I think too, just with our family members who are older, it's like, yo, you really like, yeah. we take a lot of things for granted. You know what I'm saying? You could have grandparents, God bless them, that are like super healthy, but you know, life, you, you never yeah. know what's about to happen. You know when your time is. And you know, I really, obviously like when things happen, like tragedies happen, you know, the day that I lose someone close to me, obviously I'm sure there will be things that I will say, damn, like I wish I would have. But I really don't, I don't want to be so deep in that, like, damn, I wish I would have, like, found out about X, Y, Z. I wish I would have asked them, like, you know, when they first fell in love or, like, what mm. their biggest regret, what they would have done differently. I feel like there's just, in terms of, like, death and stuff and, and you know, um, us being mortal and everything, it's like, oh, like, what was your biggest regret? Like, you know, what do you wish you did? And it's like, no, like, what did you do that, like, you know, what are yeah. you thinking about right now? Like, what's that memory that it's like, oh, I wish I could be this age again, things like that. So... Um, you know, that, that really comes to mind with me. My grandmother, I try to ask her, she can go on for days about things. And, you know, sometimes I'll go and I'll sit with her and, you know, I'll just ask her like a random question, like, Oh, like that. And, you know, like she'll go right into it. So I think that that really stands out to me. Like, you know, really wanting to be in the loop about things and just really wanting to like, make sure that, you know, I really try to get to the roots of my people. That's so true. That's so interesting. Cause I was thinking of, I've been thinking about my grandmother a lot because I lost my grandfather in 2016, but you know, I've had him my whole life. Mm -hmm. So it just feels weird to like live without someone you lived with your whole life. And my grandmother and my grandfather were together like 60 plus years, her whole life basically. And I'm like, dang, like she's old and I don't know nothing about my grandmother really. Mm -hmm. Like, and there's so much history in our elders. Like, 
My grandmother was in DR in the era of Trujillo, which was the Damn, dictator of yeah. DR. So, like, she remembers those times. And I'm like, yo, I don't have to pick up a history book. I could do it from someone that was there. And it really helps with the quality time aspect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, I want to see this family member more, especially, you know, my grandparents, blah, 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 whatever the case may be. And it's like, all right, so try to get in, like, once a month, once a week, if you can, if you have the time and flexibility and, like, you know, put your phone down. Put mm-hmm. your phone down. Turn the TVs off because you know you go time. into you go into like your Latina grandmother's house in Univision on Telemundo, and that's just Girl. you know freaking po- poder once yes. It's like in the background. <laughs> that's <laughs> and classic. Like, and it's like yo, now nah, let's shut it off and let's really like talk. And I feel like you know just storytelling, even in general, like you know when you're talking to people of your age group and you're like at dinner, I feel like. Now, nah, like, let's really, like, you know, we can post on the gram, like, clinking. But after that, like, please, like, let's just really. Have conversation. Have, exactly. Because yeah. it's, I, and the thing to even, like, you know, like, with, with my loved ones, like, if I'm talking to them. And, you know, I, I'm guilty of it, too. I'm not, you know, I'm not a hypocrite. I will say, like, sometimes you're talking to, like, someone's talking to you, you got on your phone real quick, you got a notification. And you're listening. Mm-hmm. But when, I try not to do that because I cannot stand when people do that to me, especially if I'm talking about something important to me. It's like, mm-hmm. yo, like, I, and, you know, my mom, like, sometimes she'll be on her phone, like, in general, whatever. And I'll be like, all right, I'll wait. Like, or like, what did I just say then? And she'll repeat, <laughs> she'll repeat it back to me. And I'd be mind blown. Like, oh, okay. But still, like, you know, it's really. It's not the same. It takes away from that sense of, like, intimacy yeah. and, like, feeling like you're really being heard, you know? So. That's so funny that you say that because Regina and I are friends in real life, obviously. But we talked about this a lot. Like, yo, when we go out. Let's not record. Let's not. And then sometimes we'll come back like, damn, I wish we took a picture or That's a video. We be so in the moment. Like in the yeah. first, you know, first five minutes and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Do it up. Click, 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 click. And, exactly. then, and then be done with it. Exactly. And just enjoy it. But we also have very intimate conversations. Like we could talk in a car for hours about things. Where we're we also have like crazy separation anxiety. Yeah. We will like talk it's about things for hours and be like, all right, you hang up. <laughs> okay you hang up we don't even have to say that it's like okay bye but yeah so yesterday right and then <laughs> continuing <laughs> the conversation making me think of my best friend gabby freaking gabby and like we said she got an episode on here you gotta go listen to that yes. but with gabby it's, it's funny because we've been friends since the fourth grade wow and um again community prep shout out community prep and um you know i should have been at that school <laughs> no hey yeah it seems like all the creatives were there yeah, <laughs> that's that where you belong that's that and um you know shout out to community prep for that friendship and with gabby it's like again since fourth grade and now you know we're adults and everything and just seeing the evolution of our friendship and we're very different people so obviously there are similarities that's why we're besties but it's like we're very different people and one of our key differences is like you know what we share with each other now obviously we tell each other everything whatever everything you know however everything is but it's like there's certain things like for example um one time like she had a family matter happen and i found out about it like way after it happened i'm like yo why didn't you tell me that she's like i don't really think it was that you know i didn't think it was that relevant you know like what was that gonna do for you and i'm just like i would have just you know like moral support there. like i would have mm-hmm. kept you in prayer like things like that so but gabby is a storyteller as well just in a different exactly, form exactly like that's the crazy thing so you're both storytellers just in different mediums but regina right. what is your connection to storytelling my connection to storytelling is journaling i have kept a journal since 2010 that I still use to this day when I first started college. I want to read that. Or when I was exiting (laughs) high school, first starting college, and it like, it blows my mind. It's like the oldest piece of work. I call it my piece of work, but it's my oldest piece of work that I have, and I journal all the time. So I have like hundreds of pages of this journal. Incredible. Wait, wait, so how big is this book? It's it's a thick ass. It's multiple. Yeah, I was gonna say. I like run out of one pages. diary, go into oh. another one, go into another one. I went digital completely okay. and okay. did You're on like Google Doc. Funny. 
So that's that's Yo, why I've interacted with storytelling. Two thousand ten, my own stories to myself. When yeah. so I'm gonna, valuable. Journaling is so freaking valuable. It's reflective. The things you can go back on, like I have too many pages to go back to certain things. Mm-hmm. But if I know a certain era of when something happened, and I go back. I'm like, wow. Like my own words bless me a lot of the time because I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, I really learned from that situation. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna share this with if I ever have kids. With my kids, with my nieces, nephews. Or like when you become famous, you can publish it as a book. Her. Yeah. Oof, exactly. it's juicy tell. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. The tell all. And I also think that there's been like such an evolution in black and brown media. Like Jesus and Mero, um, The Breakfast Club, Angie Martinez, mm-hmm. who's been in the game for a minute. Drink Sway, champs. Drink champs. Like there's so many... The read, uh, okay, now listen, shout out to Scotty Beam, I'm after you. Definitely um, after Yes, I love her so much. But there's just so many different uh, forms of media and, and black and brown voices out there. How do you guys feel about that? Like, Or what do you gravitate more to? Like, What kind of form of media do you like most when it comes to black and brown media? Um, I feel like... I feel like um, there's a lot of, there's like so, that's so powerful that that's even happening right now, right? It's like, yo, really think like, even, you know, even though we've lived in a pretty like, you know, evolved society, it's not as fucked up as it was in 1920, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like the fact that there are as many platforms available and not being censored, like there's so much power behind that. So I think that that's like lit as hell. Sometimes it can be overwhelming, you know what I'm saying? Especially just technology can be, we have like, it's like an overload of accessibility on things. It's like, mm. where do I even start? You know, there's just, it's like, there's so much, um, you know, uh, black and brown creators, but it's like, all right, but there's certain, there's like specific categories. Like there's yes. like the mental health atmosphere. There's like the That's economics. So true. There's the LGBTQ. It's like, right. It's like, there's a lot of it, and, but there's value in it. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, we're talking about storytelling and, we talked about it on, in the interview portion of just like me and my own identity and being a storyteller. I feel like it's so different when we hear about these topics, like as a person of color by a person of color, mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, if you have a, if someone that, you know, demographically you can't relate to, they can spit the facts, like you know, numerically, they can throw the stats out there, but they didn't experience that. So it's like, you know, you listen to that, but it's kind of like with a chip on your shoulder, like, okay, but they don't know what the hell they're talking mm-hmm. about. So I think there's so much value behind that. A platform that stands out to me, um, which I'm sure there's like other forms of this, you know, other podcasts or whatever. I got to listen to more podcasts, honestly. I was just thinking about that. But um, Diane Guerrero, are you guys mm. hip to her? She's like the pretty Latina on um, Orange is the New Black. <gasps> is she the one that was um, deported at the end? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I love She's her. She's fine as hell. She, um, shout it, out to Dasha Polanco, too, who's Dominican. Yes, another, another baddie. She, um, but Diane, she, in real life, her parents got deported. Mm. So, you know, that it was very parallel in Orange is the New Black. But the point is, her podcast is um, about mental health. Mm. It's like, I think it's called like Feeling Okay or something like that. But the point is, she brings on different um, artists and everything and people with these big platforms to talk about, the, to have these difficult conversations and to talk about their mental health issues. So, again, I there's so many different categories in it. And yeah. I also think, honestly, podcast-wise, I think it's so cool that Stay Silent has a podcast too. Like Jane yes, and Sabrina. Which, um, hello, Sabrina, what the heck? Where it at? We need though. a new episode. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, no, and like I said, it's like, imagine like being, you know, in your whip and you're going down like 95 South and you're hearing like Jane and Sabrina talk about. Amazing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's people from your own community. So there's. It's so comfy. Oh, so comfy. 
safety. And even just with the evolution of journalism, you know, not to bring it into journalism, but it has no, to do with journalism. Please. It's like, again, it really is like we have privilege in that and being able to have black and brown storytellers now, even though there were black and brown people who wanted to be those storytellers, but... You know, they either weren't given the opportunity or they were, you know, they were prohibited from have from having that platform or being silenced. We come from a mm. lineage and an ancestry of people that went through all sorts of issues, but they couldn't even talk like even professionally aside, like they couldn't even talk about it. It's also silence. the language barrier, too, because I think oh, you when you just said that, I think of a uh, journalist, um, Jorge, Ram- Jorge Ramos. Love him. Who I used is, to have a quote of his on my, on my oh, landing page. He's legendary. His daughters are also journalists yes. as well. That's one I think who's like LGBT in the Yes, community. she's a lesbian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Wow incredible work but he has kind of crossed over where he does interview he speaks english so he does interviews in english now he's able to step into that world so for me the black and brown media has also been a bridge Mm -hmm. between different worlds like the hood and white america or the latinx community and like the white community so it's just been beautiful to have this plethora of media black and brown media youtubers even you know who i think of too um sasha mercy i don't know if you know she is she's a comedian she's a comedian and she's friends with this girl diana and they have a show on um on fuse the channel the tv channel and you know she's been a great storyteller Mm -hmm. as well like she tells her own stories from her life on her personal instagram but she's also been able to take that and and use it to form the narrative and what better way to get the perspective than from the very people of the culture you know what i mean exactly and even like you know the language thing Mm -hmm. like it's just like even like uh terminologies and slang that's why angie martinez really stands out and the be the voice of new york it's like i love her because and that's even just with my own platform like with on the with um on the ox and everything i i tell every subject before they pull up to the studio or like the day before i'm like just a reminder like this is really kickback vibes like don't feel like you need to rehearse what you're gonna say like mm. and i feel like with journalism traditional journalism there's this sense of like being scripted like you got the publicist right there like no we're not yeah. talking about that you know what i'm saying it's like no like it's like no let's actually talk about it and i think you know being um the storyteller the reporter like, you know, imagine, like, being able to feel comfortable because someone's talking to you the way you usually talk. You know mm. what I mean? Instead of, like, using some... It's really about knowing your audience. And you know that saying? is what I'm noticing. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus and Meryl, like, two guys from New York City, Dominican and Jamaican, first-generation guys who get to sit down with, like, a Kevin Hart or an Ava DuVernay. Mm-hmm. And these well-established figures in Hollywood and be like, yo, what's good? Ah, like, ah, ah, like... It's like they're talking our language, but still talking uh, about things that matter, still having intellectual conversation, still having um, important conversations. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they're doing everything simultaneously. I can never say that. Thank you so much. Are you an English major? That's crazy. I am Thike, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's just been beautiful to watch. You and know, like drink champs. I feel like they they be yes. getting bent and faded on their show, but they Yo, still will bring up some definitely important topics. They're, they're smoking their guests <laughs> bent and faded on their show. And you got talking Kanye West fake smoking a blunt, like <laughs> definitely fake smoking because only yeah. puffed the ones and he was out of there. He was like, <laughs> it was crazy. all for the it was all for the images. Yeah. It was it's all for the, the images. Time. But what about you, Regina? You're quiet over there. What's going on over there? What you looking looking up on the YouTube or whatever? I really like 
black creators that talk about the black experience. And mm. I say that because that's like across the board. That's on YouTube. That's on TikTok. Embracing black culture on Instagram gives me a laugh every single day. You know, embracing black culture. You follow them. Too, I love that page. I love that page. I love when people can share an experience and then a community is like, yo, me too. We like live we, the same lives. No, like when old girl was talking about 2000s fashion <laughs> and she was talking about the skinny scarf. So cold. I just like cried. I'm like, this is a shared experience. The belt. And the 2000s is not even a shared experience just like amongst our community. That was all of us. Yeah. That was uh, a whole generation. Hillary Duff and them. Lindsay Lohan and shit. Ooh. And so it's like. Shout out to Britney Spears. I love when people can talk about shared experiences. So I love accounts that do that or black creators that do that. And I say specifically black creators because that's the shared experience that I share with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, wow, this is actually really funny. This is amazing that we can talk about it outside of like our childhood, outside of our homes as adults mm. that we all went through this thing. And like, we all understand how is that? You know, when people put like just the letters out and it's just acronyms and you have to guess and you have to guess, but like, why do we know what it means? Like, don't be letting my cool air out. Like, right. why do we know? I don't understand, but I was going to so say Twitter crazy. comes to mind because you'll be like, well, mm -hmm. I like, you'll see people quote you like, why do we live the same life? And it's yes. like, yo, I thought that was just me. That's one of my favorite, <laughs> like, Forms of storytelling, us right. literally talking about our own experiences and connecting like because childhood, of childhood. Yeah, it's like, and now it's like mainstream culture to talk about black experiences, and people be like, yeah, and like other people are like, we have no idea what y'all are talking about. Like, exactly. we don't clean on Sundays, and <laughs> we don't know what a moo moo is, and bonnets. Like, what's that about? And it's like, no, <laughs> go there. It's fine. What's that looking, Stephen? Stephen. That's hilarious. But yeah, it's so interesting too that we're in this generation where um like our generation is speaking up about things like that were speak spoken behind closed doors like how our parents discipline us, like the real hard uh stories that a lot of us uh have that are untold. Um mental health, mm -hmm. anxiety, depression, sexuality even. Like right. so many of us yeah. are stepping into this world together through the art of storytelling and comedy. And it's all just relatability. That's all it is. And I think that that is the root of storytelling to what you were saying in the interview portion is like, even if you're white, but you can relate to something. Right. But if you're a person of color, you can relate and then you can also empathize exactly. and sympathize. You said you can relate to something? No, no, no. Like she's saying like... <laughs> they if, might be able no, to... No, she's saying like if, if you're like a white person, you're interviewing someone, you could like understand to a certain yeah. extent what you're interviewing them about. Like... Oh, like, you know, the stats behind it, you know, a basic, uh, like a, gener yeah. a generalization behind it. At least from the outside. Uh, yeah, from, I hear I you. Know, from an outsider. <laughs> we have to get a little specific. We, we, we're on the same team. No, we're on the same. <laughs> <laughs> but I also love that, like, every generation walks so the next can run. Mm. Like, the Word. way storytelling yeah. is happening in the different generations, just like with millennials, with Gen Z, and with, like, boomers. It's like... Every generation, like, walks a little bit so the next can run. Walks yeah. a little bit so the next can run. Like, I was saying to somebody the other day, I'm like, yo, what if we didn't have the breakfast club? Like, where, what would we, what would we be, like, right, what would be right. going on here? <laughs> That's so true. Doing? And I'm like, before the so breakfast club, like, you know, many. we were alive, you know, and the breakfast club wasn't around. But it's like, 
one day the breakfast club will cease to exist and so will drink champs and so will a lot of these things Don't talk like that i mean you know what i'm saying because people gotta it's retire true. and whatnot and they go off to do other things but i'm like and then the next generation will come with their the next drink champs will come yes yeah. and i'm just like wow that's amazing because who were the drink champs and breakfast clubs of like the 60s. The, oh, the breakfast yeah. club was just the movie. Oh, and the now 20s. when you hear the breakfast club, you think, <laughs> you think of radio. It's, like a, it's a right. cultural reset completely. Yeah. 100%. And, and I love that. That's crazy. But right. then that's where the power of storytelling comes in because yeah. then we get to carry those stories to our children or look it up on YouTube or on a podcast. You can still listen to it. 100%. I think that's the most important part of storytelling, Is especially the historical from value. That, yes. Yeah. The historical value and being able to to tap into your history the history of your people just ordinary everyday people and really breaking barriers like yeah. as you guys were talking honestly i was like and again it really it's been our backyard like this is someone in our community someone who mm -hmm. stands out to me her name is um valinda and do you know valinda no does it ring a bell what does no? she do uh she's a writer she's a sexuality coach no Okay. Maybe well, if I see her face. Yeah, mm -hmm. I um I did a book review on on her book. She has a book of poetry and prose that she put out. I believe it was like if not a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, but I went on a retreat that she hosted, and she was talking a lot about how you know she got into writing and why she talks about the things she does. Um, she was on um DJ's podcast. Go DJ. Go underscore. Oh yeah. His podcast. The, the plug. This right. Is the plug. Yeah. She was on that podcast talking about um you know becoming a sexologist and sexuality coach. But even on her Instagram, like she'll like you know she'll post pictures of herself that you know someone's like oh you know will like insult her about or feel like they have the invitation. like it's sexy. Yeah. Like they they'll feel like it's an invite to get into her DMs or like she'll Oof. be very like transparent about sexual or just you know things that we don't talk about and it's like again you know it's like people like her break barriers so that yeah the walks so that the next generation can run yes exactly it's all about it's so like true. It's, it's all about like trying it's to you true. know get these taboos to not be taboos no more because mm -hmm. it's a reality you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying it's part of real life it's important for us to control our own narrative because historically white people have been controlling our narrative or erasing our narrative erasing and, and making it. it to be non-existent when really it all exists and even oh, yeah. if we don't hear it see it we feel it it's in the energy it's in our spirit exactly. it's in our dna so it's important for people like us to keep telling our stories even amongst each other even if it's not on record and you don't have a platform but Sit around with your girls, your your family, and talk to each other, and keep writing and keep telling the stories exactly. of those around you because everybody's story has value in it. So I think that's very important. So yes, I wish we can go on forever, Aww. but we've run out of time. You gotta come back. <laughs> you got to even come if back. it's not for an episode, like we could just yeah. come here and just chat it up. We also do a podcast called Mike Check. It's an all hip hop podcast. Ooh. So you can come back to that you are welcome to come back to that so Girl, can you please bring some vibe magazines and we can talk about that <laughs> i'll bring everything that's right you got the vibe magazine hey. Yo, don't yes. be selling them though you gotta hold on to those <laughs> i'm not gonna it. sell them ever but yeah so um thank you for joining us no thank you for this is my first podcast just the idea of ever being on a that's on my bucket list Hey, spark up. <laughs> and I'm, ha I'm happy it was with you guys. This was like, this was bomb. We got a lot of firsts. I'm just saying. I don't want to brag, but Ooh. yeah. So we're going to go into Bands' favorite part of the show called Pass Me the Off. I forgot. Oh my. 
about to just be done. I was ready to walk. I was this ready to is go. the end. So this is the part where we share a song that we want other people to check out. And then mm. um, you pass the imaginary aux oh, to God. someone else. So I'm going to pass the aux to... Don't pass it to me. Nobody looks ready. So nah. Vance, you want to pop in real quick? He's over there like, me, me, me. What you listening to, Bands? Oh, come on. I'm messing up the scene. Hi, look at him. He's been there. Nah, nah, nah. Um, but since the aux is passing me, I'm going to go with French Montana and ooh, Fabulous. Ooh. Didn't get far. If you listen to that song. Is that, a, that's not, is that new? It's on the it's new album. Oh, I personally think this new album, so go check it out. But yeah, it didn't get far. I'm putting it in right now. French Montana featuring Fab. I'm going to pass the aux to Christina. All right. So to me, I don't... I don't know if I already said this. Did I already do, um, what's his name? Key Glock. All right, so my aux, um, pass me the aux is, uh, what's it called? Key Glock, Channel 5. That's my motherfucking shit right now. And rest in peace, Young, Young Dolph. Dolph. I was going to say that. He is signed to Young Dolph and, uh, well, was. I don't that know what's crazy. going on with that. But yeah. Key Glock sounds like Young Dolph. He has the spirit of Memphis. So if you like that trap shit, that outside shit, then go listen to Key Glock's new project, uh, Yellow Tape 2. And Channel 5, that's my pick. And I'm going to pass it to... Regina, are you ready? <laughs> yes. This is... I have a small story about why this is my past dogs. <laughs> okay. So my past ox is obviously not obviously, but it's back that ass up. Ooh, classic. <laughs> because I was talking with a friend recently about. Why are you laughing? Because I know it's gonna be something ridiculous. Go ahead. <laughs> because I was talking with a friend recently and just talking about music that has transcended time, mm. and so we were talking about how amazing amazing it is that there are some songs like culturally that are like uh, like classics yeah and they've been remixed mm -hmm. like the instrumentals have been pulled my mom says no one's original no more she's like y'all ain't original that's Chop, from this screwed song. all that that's mm -hmm. that's a fair point mm -hmm. and so for some reason back that ass up came in my head and i'm like <laughs> yo first of all back that ass up has one of the best intros period <laughs> oh, second of all suspense. just the beat yeah. is so like boom, boom. Unique, like I've never heard another beat like it. Like I've heard other really great instrumentals, but I'm like, this song has transcended time. This song came out. When did that song come out? Ninety nine, bro. We <laughs> were we children, and now we are like full adults, and still in like at parties, like and now back in that, back in that party. Right. Yeah. Like we obviously never went to Freaknik, but in in. <laughs> <laughs> we were there. I know scared. that yeah, yeah. that was yeah. the song at Freak Nick. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So it's like the fact that it's been all this time and that song still like bumps. So good. It's just wild. Okay. And, they, and I love that they give us that 10 seconds to get to the dance floor because we be needing it. <laughs> we be rushing like dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I that's can't. a good one. All right. Your Ashley is on you. Oh, yes. I'm passing the ox to Ashley. Damn. So they told me I can only pick one song. I asked before we even got live. I'm like, can I just you can you can pick two because I'm gonna throw in a bonus one before Ooh, I end up. Oh, say that. 
Okay, so <clears throat> I'm freaking obsessed. And I say obsessed because if you chat music with me, like in the in the past like month or two since this project dropped, it's coming up because I just fuck with it so heavy. Two sides of the same coin by Campbell's Hill Holland Avenue Boulevard. Right. Beep, 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 beep. Real recognize, real. <laughs> you should know it. But not hey. the freaking um, I was like, what song, what song? Because um I now now I'm torn. I used to say Lawn Malloy on that album was my favorite. But I, on the way here, I'm like, okay, no, I'm going to pick Low Sweater. I'm going to pick Low Sweater because there's this part. First of all, from the beginning of the song, it's like, mama knows I'm a go-getter. Vicious of Raekwon and a Low Sweater. I'm like, oh, word. But then there's this part. This is when I wow, knew. Poetic, Because really. it was the first, like, song on the project. It's like, my CV, John, feed me chicken and rice. You can't relate unless you live what you write. I'm like, Ooh. Like, that really is, like, Rhode Island shit. You know what I'm yes, saying? That like, is. CV. Like anyone not from Rhode Island doesn't know what CV. It's equivalent to when like Jay Z Spitzer and the niggas from New York be like, right, right, like ballot, ballot. But that project, two sides of the same coin. I'm not gonna shut up about it. I was just gonna post. They're like my top on my top ten Apple most played album, and they dropped at the end of August, and it's like November. It's so good. It's like six out of six. Shout out Campbell. Shout out Hill Holla. Shout out Avenue Boulevard. What a freaking shout out to Boston. The holy motherfucking trinity, those three, because that is like... No, for real. A match a made in heaven. Right. She's Louise. And the visuals. Ooh. Yes. Nasty. Mm-hmm. And no pun intended. Mariah the Scientist. If I had to pick a second one, it would be Walked In, Young Thug, Mariah the Scientist. Ooh. Cultural topic. I think Um, they're a uh, culture shock topic. I think there's rumors that they're dating speculations. They're totally running with that shit. They were like... He got a girl. Right. But him and Mariah were all cozy at Falcon versus Not Patriots cozy. game. Oh, right. wow. Wow. Listen... Don't All right, well, go publicity. Check yeah, right. go check that out. Those are two very good picks. My bonus is Sad Girls Love Money Ooh. Remix. Oh, yeah. Um, it's this girl named Amare, I think that's how you say her name, featuring um, Callie Uchis and Molly. Uh, Rami put me onto this song. Sad and when she played that this weekend, I was like, I really like to party. You never Oh, you're not on TikTok. Ooh, I didn't, I don't have TikTok. Me either. So I don't know. <laughs> so you yeah. didn't even get the Steven reference. What's no. not clicking, Steven? Dang. I'm sorry. My TikTokers, y'all know. I failed. But anyway, this is episode 130 of the Spark Up podcast. Shout out to my hosts and the guests for coming through. Regina, Yay. who knows when we'll get to see this face again. But you can pop in, you know, whenever you want. Okay. And, uh, Bands is back from New York City. Can he, I come um, back? Can we do like a 130, episode 130.2 and you can... <laughs> no, it'll be 131. <laughs> <laughs> Not 130.2. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he'll be able to um, tell us because it's out in public now. He'll be able to talk about the a beautiful experience and opportunity <laughs> that he had. Yes. Yeah, because he's giving very New yeah. York over there. He's giving very, I got money. He's giving very, I'm a fly guy. <laughs> My fault, my fault, my fault. Thank you to <laughs> Ashley Reyes once again. Thank you for having the me. The journalist of our lives. And um, she's uh, doing the work. And and we'll see you on TV, hopefully, on Complex. Or Ooh. Complex Ambition. You know, they're Ooh. a growing network. I don't know. I'm just oh, putting an eye on the air. Ooh, I know. Why I Sound. Hit my that's girl you, up. No, that's where you need to go next. No, shout, for out, for shout out to them. That's, a, that's another great, like, you know, local creative. I love really. those guys. That's expanded. family. I think yeah. actually why he was in line at the J. Cole concert. I was waiting in line for like 20 when J. Cole. For the off season? No, no, no. This was uh, the Forest Hills Drive tour. Oh, ooh, okay. I but yeah, he was like, he's like, my, they're like my, my graduating class. Like, oh, I used dope, to okay, stay at okay. Classical because Gabby. They're like yes, that's right. They're so class. young. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to them. That's the family. But yes.
It's me, your girl Christina Sev, alongside Ashley Reyes and Regina. Thank Happy you for early me. birthday. Happy Thank Thanksgiving you. to everybody out there. Subscribe, like, share, comment, do all that. And you already know what it is this Spark Up Podcast. We out.